Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of Trey Bond. Welcome. My name's Jake Spear, and I am joined with my two best buddies, Double O Darby Deck. Hello. And our man on the ground, Agent Brandon McClelland. Reporting for duty. Here we are, folks. We're yeah, back. Back. For yet baby. another episode. Very excited. We hope your week, as always, has been Trey Bond. Get in touch with us. Let us know how that week has been. Why it's been Trey Bond. If it has. If it has not. Yeah. Try and keep it Bond related. <laughs> uh, you should have family and friends if you want to, you know, if there's anything real serious going on, talk to your family friends or a uh, or, or, health professional. Or, or, uh, <laughs> also, we hope that you're avoiding the, uh, the dreaded uh, COVID-19, better oh. known as the coronavirus. That uh, I think I speak for every Bond fan. And every man in this room. Oh dear. That we are heartbroken. At the time of this recording, this is the first of the Trey Bond podcasts we've recorded uh, since the announcement that No Time to Die will be postponed, delayed for another 007 months till November. Did they do that on purpose? I don't know. I've given up caring. <laughs> if it was clever, maybe I'm going, not impressed. Maybe they're going for seven delays. Oh, well. Oh, who knows? Yeah. In for a penny, in for a pound. <laughs> uh, no, but I think, personally, you know, they've probably made the right decision. It's not something they would have done too lightheartedly. No. But, uh, Keep everyone safe. But uh, hopefully you don't have the coronavirus. Fingers crossed. It's a nasty thing to get, apparently. Yeah. And if you do, it's probably not a big deal. Yeah. Don't panic. Stay don't, inside. Don't bulk buy toilet paper which seems <laughs> to be happening for a lot here uh, just so you know uh, toilet paper is running out in my house and, yeah, it's uh, getting I, pretty low I don't know what are you uh, going to do? I, I don't know I don't know I'll just have to shower <laughs> <laughs> my goodness me uh, well on that note showering showering <laughs> Mr McClellan what is our mission today? our mission today is 1977's The Spy Who Loved Me. Perhaps the bondiest title. Yeah. It's got spy in it. It's got spy in it. It's got love love in it. Me. Me. Who. Yep. Uh, The. The. And Not uh, in that order. Not in that order. Well, in that order of importance. Yeah. Yeah, I'd put the at the end of... Yeah. Who who is your second least important so who yeah spy most spies spies the spies spies the first. Yeah. spy loved who me who me no no the, no, who me no. spy 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 loved, loved me, me who the uh, yes spy loved me who the that's the words of the title in in, in order descending of in- order of priority <laughs> as they relate to the world of bond absolutely yes yeah, yeah. And well, you what? don't get that on any other podcast. No, you? that's why you come to that Trey Bond. You come if here. you're still hanging in there, well done you. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Roger Moore. Am I right in saying that? No, oh, this is a Sean grief. Connery. Oh, don't pull my lariat. Uh, no, it is a Roger Moore. Yes. Uh, and it's funny because the last time you got that confused, yeah. uh, it was, when was that? You Only Live Twice. Which was directed by Lewis Gilbert, who directs oh. The Spy Who Loved Me. He's coming back. Ah. He's back, baby. Oh, Lewis. Mm. This is his return, exactly mm. ten years later. And then he went on to do a few, didn't he? No. He did Moonraker after this. Uh-huh. And that was it. Mm. Editor is John Glenn. Wow, okay, yes, Glenny yes, yes. Boy. yes. The, di- the future director. Just... Yes. Oh, yes. Mm. In, in a film's time after this, he mm. ends up taking the reins. 
Uh, funnily enough, Lewis Gilbert was not the first person chosen to direct this. There was another director that was uh, locked in. Any guesses? Guy Hamilton. Guy Hamilton was. Ooh, uh, but because of uh, delays in the production schedule, uh, he pulled out. Do you know which director they were in talks with to take over this film? Mm, can I have a clue? What year is it? Uh, the year is 1977. Mm. Mm. Is that the clue? Uh, that can be a clue. No. But you want to be right. more uh, The <laughs> other clue is that there would ha- there is a character in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg, that's right. I was trying to figure out how to say Jaws without saying Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> Who yeah. directed the name of a character in another film. <laughs> <laughs> Played by a mechanical shark. Wow. Uh, Spielberg. Spielberg, who mm. always wanted to do a, uh, a James Which Bond. Which we've spoken it's a little bit time. about. There's still, still, there still, still time. time. There it's definitely still time. is still time. Could you imagine? Um, yeah, he, he, was, he was approached and I think fairly seriously considered, but Cubby Broccoli pulled, pulled uh, away. Why? Mm. That's a shame. I, I, I don't know exactly, but I think I vaguely remember seeing in this um, open university, um, like BBC doco from years and years ago, uh, that I think he was they thought he was probably a bit too young and a little inexperienced bullshit what year did Amblin come out what, when did he release that? 80s I think pretty short mm. well Jaws was 74 yeah right. pretty so sure you're right Amblin would have come out before that that was his Amblin? short yeah the, his short film Amblin oh. That was his first. Is that why his production company is named Amblin? Yeah, yeah. His first short film that he made was called Amblin. About a guy and a girl kind of running off in the desert together. And who was Amblin? Um, I I don't know. I think Amblin as in ambling, like walking. right. You know, without purpose. Right. Mm. That's why he called it Amblin. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. 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 Um, Yeah, well, he was approached and it, uh, it never worked out, but he ended up going on to you know other things he's alright he's had a pretty good run yeah Yeah. here's one for you Uh, is it for us yeah it is it is the familiar trickling of liquid filling a martini glass that first comes to Bond's attention as he returns to consciousness oh Mm. yeah because hang on sorry before we do this I just need a little recap last Last time on fact check (laughs) yeah last time previously on fact check what happened he got knocked out at the airport I don't know Yeah, did he Bond had snuck into a hangar he saw the big expensive jet Mm -hmm. and just as he was about to get in the jet he was knocked on the head that's right can I say I'm so excited uh, to see how many more ways you can say big man How many adjectives are there for big for big man? We've heard like hulking brute, uh, teeming mass of a bulk, or something like that. Ooh, I want to monstrous, monstrous, monstrously <laughs> sized. I just um, this is my personal little preconceived notion about this uh, instalment. All right, well I'll try and inject a little bit more of that right, a bit you. of fan service for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's the filling of the martini glass that first comes to Bond's attention as he returns to consciousness. Then, of course, there is the feeling of no longer being on the ground as well. As Bond slowly levitating. opens his levitating. eyes... Levitating. Yeah, he's levitating. <laughs> as Bond slowly opens his eyes, he can see that, that he's comfortably lounging on a plump velvet settee in the cabin 
of the G700 jet. With a quick peek out the small window by his head, it is obvious that he and whoever else is joining him on this flight are now high above the clouds. Mm. Rise and shine, 007. A calm and resonant voice welcomes Bond back to the present moment. Standing before Bond, wielding a freshly poured martini glass, Uh is a short, slender man of no extraordinary or remarkable quality, dressed in a three-piece light brown tweed suit, complete with rich burgundy tie and matching kerchief. Played by Jack Speed. Played by Jack A small dark metal pin in the shape of an R is secured to the man's lapel. Ooh, this Team is our, Rocket. Our villain organisation is uh, Team Rocket. Team Rocket. <laughs> I'm sure Her no, Majesty. No. Well, Team Richard. Team Richard? Yeah, it's oh. an organisation based exclusively on the membership all having the name Richard. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay, all right. Bunch of dicks. <laughs> I'm sure Her Majesty would be very disappointed to find you asleep on the job, Mr. Bond, sniggered the mystery man as he glances at his golden Waltham pocket watch. Bond sits up on the velvet lounge and finds that his hands are tied securely behind his back. I'm sure you've woken up in more compromising positions than this, James. Oh, presumptuous. presumptuous. A knowing smirk from Bond creeps across his face with a look that seems to say, you'd be right about that. I believe you prefer these to be shaken, is that correct? Referring to the martini glass in his hand, the suited man gestures to the ties that bind Bond's hands. Mm. Symbolism, symbolism. That's the name of the series. Uh, (laughs) The ties that bind. (laughs) It's a very Fleming title. It's very good. And a towering figure suddenly looms above Bond. The monstrous Scandinavian. Oh, monstrous. Monstrous, we're back to monstrous. We're back to monstrous. Who reaches down and untethers Bond. I believe you've already met Bjorn. (laughs) Bjorn. In the confined space of the plane's cabin, Bjorn, with his flowing blonde hair, looks even more threatening than usual. Ah, the henchmen are all members of ABBA. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's, yes. Gimme, gimme, gimme a man after midnight. That's our, that's our theme song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Please, Mr. Bond, drink up. Bjorn transfers the martini glass from the hands of the mystery man to Bond. And who do I have to thank for being such a gracious host, Bond remarks, sipping his martini and settling into his seat on the lounge. You must excuse the earlier brutality. I have a very strict schedule to keep and could not be delayed by any unexpected altercations. My name is Edward Roxbury. You may not know much about me, Mr. What Bond. The R stands for. Oh, Roxbury. Oh, Edward. Edward. Oh, Edward. It's a silent R. Redwood. Redwood. Well, he seems to have quite a stature. My yeah. name is Redwood Roxbury. <laughs> I'm going to picture that the villain talks with that voice. <laughs> Mr. Barton, my name is Redwood Roxbury. <laughs> you may Can not you know me. That? I'll, I'll try Give to incorporate that. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> God, here we go. My name is Edward <laughs> Ro- Roxbury. You may not know much about me, Mr. Bond, but rest assured, I know a great deal about you. <laughs> it's amazing. It's Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> 
<laughs> and the lengths you have gone to disrupt my organization. <laughs> Before Bond has the chance to inquire any further, a strikingly handsome and professionally dressed woman exits the cockpit and approaches the trio of men. Excuse me, sir. We are approaching the island now. Ooh. Thank you, Sophia. Thank you, Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> Splendid timing, James. You will have the perfect view of my legacy as we come into land. Welcome to my home. As the jet gently banks to the left, from the window it is revealed to bond the vast turquoise water of the Pacific Ocean. Rising up from the blue is an impressive mountainous green island, ringed by a coral reef with beaches stretching its entire coastline. Oh, wow. From this height, Bond can see the intricate detail of the forest canopy that covers the land. <gasps> An untouched paradise with no sign of civilization. So forest, but with kind of Caribbean waters. Were well, you kind of like a jungle island? Jungle with a big island. Mountain in it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Pacific. In, in the Pacific. Pacific. Except, with no, with no sign of civilization, except for the imposing facility that protrudes from the jungle, growing nearer and nearer as Bond and his captor come into land. Time to check in, Mr. Bond. I hope you will be staying with us for some time. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's fact check. Hey, well done. No kind of link to uh, something yeah. to check? No, no fact no, like, check. Uh, he said check in. It's time to check in. Oh, sorry. Yeah, but usually go, no, it's time to fact check. Yeah, it's yeah, usually, yeah, usually. Yeah. It's getting harder with these. Go it's getting the... Or you're good. Time to check in. No, fact in. It's oh, fact. Oh. No, I need more time. I can't. <laughs> That's all right. It's all right. It's all right. That was unfair. Oh, of us. There, yeah, she yeah, put you on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, hit us. All right, all right, all right. Um, let's go all the way back. Mm-hmm. Back, 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 back to octopusy. Octopus. Uh-huh. Mm. Mm. Brandon. Yeah. You said that the actor who played VJ yeah. was an actual tennis player. And the reason why they included the tennis racket fight scene in India. Mm. You kind of did this in the episode. You couldn't resist. You had to Google. So I just wanted to follow up and elaborate. He's a disappointment. Vijay Armitrage is a former tennis player, sports Mm. commentator and occasional actor. Won 17 Grand Slams in one year. You want to bank on that? First person ever... Well, there's only four Grand Slams in a year. (laughs) No. (laughs) VJ turned pro in 1970. He would go on to have 392 professional wins. Wow. Not bad. More than me. At the height of his tennis playing career, in 1980, he was ranked 16 in the world. Could have been better. Respectable, though. It's good. Respectable. Respectable. I would like to be. Top yeah. 16 in anything. Easy. Mm. Mm. By 1983, he had already played in the French Open, US Open, and Wimbledon. Also in 1983, he was awarded India's fourth highest civilian honour. Could have been higher. The Padma Shri. Oh. 1983 also being the year of... Never Say Never Again. Never Say Never Again. Rival, <coughs> rival film to Octopussy. Octopussy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Very good. So it's all, he was a popular man. He was a popular man. So you know, I think the cameo was certainly justified at the time. It's just that we kind of don't. I don't really know the, who he I is. I don't think the cameo is justified <laughs> because it's like casting Serena Williams, or you know, yeah, as a, it's like yeah. it's when like when they cast Madonna. 
in Die Another oh, yeah. Day. You yeah. just go, no, yeah, no. Although well, there are exceptions, like the the guy in uh, uh, License to Kill, the the Which singer type. Is... Oh, oh yeah, but, um, Newton. Newton. Um, mm-hmm. um, but but Baccarat. Baccarat. <laughs> no. Jack Kerouac. Um, <laughs> you know, exceptions to the rule, I guess. Yeah, I would say that VJ's casting now makes more sense today because we don't know who he is. He would have been one of, you know, at the time... It's uh, just you don't get the tennis references. I mean, aside from him being a tennis player in the film himself. He probably would have been one of the only kind of notable uh, Indian presences Uh, in in the Western Western world. world. Yeah, Yeah, probably probably why he's in there. Well, look, it's a silly casting choice for a stupid movie. (laughs) (laughs) Is Bond a cannibal? (laughs) (laughs) Is it a real croc that eats the henchman or is it Bond in a croc suit if it's real if it's a real croc then why isn't Bond eaten as well Uh, unfortunately Bond is not a cannibal uh, or fortunately unfortunately who knows Uh, at least not in this particular instance When, when, when you go back and watch this film again you can clearly see that Bond is still fighting the henchman when the crocodile appears at the top of frame I guess Bond isn't also attacked because the croc is too busy eating the henchman to yeah, worry yes. about eating Bond. That makes sense. Possibly. But you can definitely tell that it's a fake crocodile because when it goes to take a sharp turn, it actually just rolls on its side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. At what altitude was the, pl- was the plane stunt performed at the end of the film? I said 14,000 feet is the skydiving height. Mm. Darby wasn't convinced mm. you thought it was lower I can't remember no no mm. he just disagreed he didn't oh, give a, a right. rebuttal oh, it might have just been yeah. a kind of yeah. uh, because I said something he yeah, had to disagree yeah, yeah, with yeah. that seems like yeah, right. Mm. well the location of the final aerial scene is near the Hurricane Arch Bridge no, State Route 9 in Utah <laughs> USA now I was unable to find a specific number pertaining to the altitude at which this aircraft was flying. However, here comes Rain Man. Yeah, Rain, Rain Man. <laughs> Judging by several shots. According to US regulations set by the FAA, any jumps made below 10,000 feet require three miles of visibility. Any jump above 10,000 feet requires five miles of visibility. What language? Drop, it's a whole other system No, when you're flying, if you're going yeah. to have someone jump out of your plane yeah. and you're flying less than 10,000 feet, you need What's to be able to see... visibility refer to? Like clouds and shit. Yeah, how far away you can see. The, the pilot, <laughs> you've got to be able to see three miles around you. And if you're flying higher than that, higher than 10,000, you need more visibility. Okay. Five miles. So, when you watch the film, it looks like a pretty clear day yeah. when they're filming. So, I reckon they'd be filming above 10,000 feet. So, it's just a guess. It's, it's a, a guess. hunch. It's a, it's it's a, a hunch, hunch, isn't it? All right. <laughs> well, when I skydived in Wollongong, that, yeah. that was, at a, at a, that was 15,000 feet. Right. That's the highest right. they Good made. on you, mate. And, well, That's I reckon fine. it's about the same. But here's something else. Here's something else. According to John Glenn in the behind-the-scenes commentary, the plane was travelling at speeds around 200 miles an hour. Wow. What? That's 320 k's an hour. That's 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 really going. And you've got guys out there fighting and stuff like that. Jake Lombard is Roger's double in that final plane fight. Mm -hmm. Uh, Good on you, Jake. Legend. Mm. John Glenn first met this aerial team on Moonraker. 
and work with them at least all the oh, way up until Octopussy. In the pre-title sequence. Yeah, right. Randy DeLuca, this legend, was the aerial cameraman oh, during this plane sequence. Wow. Not only does he have a seven-pound camera attached to his head while he's doing oh, this. What a champion. But he also had a restraining rope installed around his parachute. So when it opened, it opened much slower. Wow. So that the jerking motion wasn't so severe. Wasn't so severe and basically the weight of that camera, accelerated by G-Force, would have snapped his neck yeah, off. Would it, yeah, completely. Oh, wow. At least they thought about it and didn't find that out that hard way. Crazy, crazy. For how many films was Martin Grace... Roger Moore's stunt double. Brandon oh. said, you thought all of them. Yeah, he's maybe too young for that. I'm going to say through the entire John Glenn. I um, think you should stand by it. No, I'm going to say from For Your Eyes Only through to A View to a Kill. Ooh, from Your Eyes Only through your to eyes only, yes. A View to a Kill. Right, okay. According to an article in The Independent in 2020. Ooh, whoa, that's this year. <clears throat> Martin first stood in for Roger in 1977's The Spy Who Loved Me. Really? Driving the Lotus Esprit. Oh. Mm. He went on to appear in Moonraker. I can't drive. <laughs> I can't drive. I don't know. <laughs> he would then go on to appear in Moonraker, For Your Eyes Only, Octopussy, and A View to a Kill. There you are. In regards to the stunt gone wrong that we talked about on the train. Yes, on the train. This train sequence. Hanging off the side of it. A helicopter was to shoot the action from the air, but communication was lost between Martin, the pilot, the train driver, and the the stunt team. And Martin smashed into a wall, fracturing his pelvis and damaging his thigh. A quote from Martin himself says that the impact was so lightning fast adrenaline was pumping through my arms like never before I looked down and saw my trouser leg had been ripped off and saw my thigh bone through the gash in my my thigh muscle Mm. tasty my goodness Martin's first Bond appearance ever is actually as one of the many stunt performers raiding Blofeld's volcano lair in You Only Live Twice. No way. We love that stunt. He's there. Wow. He also doubled for Richard Keel in both The Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker. He would go on to double Roger in a number of other films. Martin's other stunt credits exceed more than 70 films, including Superman, Hmm. Raiders of the Lost Ark, Patriot Games, and 2004's King Arthur. He's been a busy man. Sure has. What a legend. Life on the line. Yeah. Crazy. Very short, very short uh, fact check this week. Oh, is that, this, this is, is the last one. Okay, this is coming the last up. one. Was Penelope Smallbone meant to be the new money penny? Oh. Yes. Mm. I think I said that. As mentioned in the production commentary on the Blu-ray edition of Octopussy, this idea of making Penelope Smallbone a recurring character was considered and that she could eventually take over from Lois when she left the role. This idea was eventually abandoned, and no reason was given. Yeah, just they, didn't feel like it. They, they do just, that so many times so Maybe we'll franchise. do it. What if? Maybe not. Yeah. Okay, yeah, forget yeah. about it. I'll forgive them. I won't forgive them for the name. No, the name's not great. No. Mm, no. Well, gentlemen. Well, very good. That's fact check. Thank you very much. You're welcome.
Well, it's time for my favourite segment now, and that is, is a preconceived notion. And also mine, as we established. Oh, uh, yes, it's, it's it also awesome. your well, favourite. Our favorite yes, it's our favourite. Uh, not pre- mine, because no. I always get interrupted. Yeah. I can't get a word. Well, you're not, can up, you just me. let me talk? Oh, right. <laughs> you constantly do this, Jake. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, as you were saying. As I was saying. Yeah. My goodness. You have the floor. Oh, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> It's time for preconceived notions. Uh, preconceived notions, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mr. Dick. Oh, what are your preconceived notions? Don't say my <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, what, are, what are your preconceived notions heading into uh, the spy who loved me? Now, the spy who loved me. Yeah. Uh, is this the one that you have been telling us is your favourite, Rog? New. No. What's that one? For your eyes ah, only. See, similar, similar words. Mm. Similar, similar titles. Yes. The Spy Who Loved Me for Your Eyes Only. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. I hear yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So, well... I would rank the importance of those words. Mm-hmm. Um, eyes. Eyes. You're only for. Eyes, you're only, only for. Only would be higher. Nah. Only implies that it's just him. Uh, only your is. eyes four. Eyes only your four. Eyes only your four. Alright. I'm happy with that. No. Eyes only. Eyes Eyes only your four. I stand by it. <laughs> <laughs> well, look what nonsense. I was looking forward to seeing your favourite Roger Moore film. Because that's oh. what I was Well mixed that's up. not what this is, <clears throat> no, Darby, it's not. so you've got to get over that. <laughs> look. <laughs> I don't I haven't seen this one. I haven't seen, as I've said, many Rogies, uh, as I like to call him. Yeah. Um, Friend of the podcast, Rogie Moore. Is the, is, so this is Lewis Gilbert. Lewis Gilbert. I do like him. I like a bit of Lewis. I think he's quite a, a, a refined director. Mm. Um, well, look, I'm pretty blank. I don't really have any preconceived oh, notions. You, I think... Uh, is it going to be good? I think so. We just I, saw Octopussy. As long as it's not like Octopussy. Mm. Yeah, I've, the longer that I've sat with Octopussy... It's not. The more I hate it. Yeah. My goodness, yeah, what a yeah. bad film. I don't like this silly Bond. I don't like it. No more of this. <laughs> <laughs> silly Bond is a dirty devil. <laughs> he is. You can have silliness within Bond. Yes. Within a Bond film. You've got to treat your characters as real people. You've got to treat them as real people, no matter okay. what movie you're making. You know, you can still make a silly or campy Bond, have the stakes be real. As soon as those stakes disappear, I disappear. And we stop me? caring. I stop caring. We don't believe it. That's right. Mm. Um, is this the middle of his tenure? Pretty much bang on the middle of his tenure, yeah. Okay. Well, look, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and check back with me later to see how I liked it. I just hope it's not silly and I hope that Roger doesn't annoy me. Yeah, I wonder. Because it is said to be, this this is the film that's considered to have saved and revitalised the franchise. After. <clears throat> after The Man with the Golden Gun. There were three years in between this and The Man with the well Golden received. Gun. that was well received. No, it wasn't. Oh. No, no, it did fairly poorly, actually. Okay. It, it made less than Live and Let Die. Um, yeah, this one's seen as the one that revitalised the series and kind of... Brought people around to Roger. It's whenever someone goes, oh, what's Roger Moore's best film? Spy Who Loved Me. Right. Um, for a lot of people, it's this and Goldfinger. Okay. They're the, the, two, the two big ones. 
But that's not a Roger Moore film. No. What are your preconceived notions? We've heard a little bit of talk here about Silly Bond. Yes. And are you are you still partial to this Silly Bond, or are you... Uh... Look, I think where Roger stands for me, he's had one absolute banger. Mm-hmm. Knocked it out of the park with Live and Let Die. Mm-hmm. And one that went straight down the gurgler. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right into the sewer. Poor old octopussy. Yes. Um, so, it's... Look... Could be a tastemaker. It as we could like be a tastemaker, and look, I hope he redeems himself. To be honest, because I think the spy who loved me, as as, as uh, with Darby, I haven't seen this, but I think we're in for an absolute cracker. Here. Ooh, I think this is going to be pretty darn good. Mm. I've just got a feeling in my waters about this one, yeah, because really the only point of reference I think I have for this film is what I would call the original damn jump. Oh, Stunt. yes, 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 yes. And that's, you've got Jaws. That's in well, this Well, yeah, true, that's right. He's in this one. Yeah. So, and the only henchman to do two movies. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep, so oh, far. Yeah. Mm. Look, it's got, it's got an air of iconic about it for me. Mm-hmm. And I think, I'm hoping, that because it's smack bang in the middle, Roger's sort of steaming ahead to kind of peak Peak Bond, mm-hmm. he's kind of, you know... Hopefully not a steaming turd. And hopefully not a steaming turd. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Look, what's the damn jump? Uh, don't tell him. Don't tell yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to find out. Yeah. You'll All find right. out. I How will I know when I'm seeing Oh, you'll oh, see you'll it. Know. Oh, you'll know. You'll know. Okay. Oh, yeah. you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Um, <laughs> look, this, as for Silly Bond, Octopussy was definitely much or too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and and I feel like I'm kind of the advocate for a more silly, campy bond yeah. amongst the three of us. I don't, uh, I don't mind some gags, some spoofs and goofs, <laughs> some wacky gadgets. Um, but Octopussy is a prime example of what not to do. Too so, much, much or too much. <laughs> so I think. Um, look, I agree with you. I think they've got to play it for real. There's with Bond. Yeah, we've got to buy into the stakes we've got to we've got to go along with him on this journey and believe the dangers and the whole reason why mi6 has been called into action to stop these people that's the big thing right Right? it's got to be believable the bonds even there in the first place yeah this is mi6 we're talking about that's right is do they have to be called you're not gonna go dress as a clown mate (laughs) it's not in your remit Well, I can safely say he doesn't dress as a clown. Yeah. Or a gorilla. Yeah. Or a gorilla. Or a gorilla. Well, that's all right. I will say this, though. On reflection, upon reflection <clears throat> after Octopussy, um, as much as I do love a campy, light-hearted Bond, mm-hmm. um, I'm looking forward to getting to the Craigs. Mm-hmm. Um, well. Because I have a feeling that this element of realism, let's call it, uh, that we found in Dalton that I think Craig seems to perfect in a way, because they're modern films as well. Yeah. Um, that's kind of, I'm seeing that as more alluring to me because sure. I can I buy into it more. Well where does that put you on bros? It's tough. Mm. It's really tough. Yeah, because we got we still got two brozies to two go. Brozies. Yeah. And oh man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Brozzy, Brozzy you would put in the silly Bond arena, I reckon. 
Yeah. He would definitely be the more campy leaning, for mm. sure. Campy leaning. I would say that he's got a foot in both camps, actually. Yeah, and yeah. I think that in that's... In both camps. Uh, the, the camp camp and the not camp camp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think sometimes that's the, the downfall of those Bond movies. I don't know oh, what you, they want. You've got to go one way or the other. Yeah, you kind of have to be something. Mm. Interesting. Um, which is, is Old. funny. But to come back to this, my preconceived notions of yes. this guy who loved me mm-hmm. are that... It's it's just chock full of iconic moments, characters, lines. I think the the theme of this one is probably one of the best. Um, the theme song. The theme song. Yeah, mm. uh, I think it's one of the best. It's probably when you th- say like what the Bond sound is, it's. Probably the last thing you would think of when you go, oh yeah, the big brassy kind of, you know, Bond belter. Yeah, it's not Goldfinger, it's not Goldeneye. Yeah. It's the, it's, you know, it's the furthest thing away from that. But it's not that kind of lounge music schmaltz that we got with (laughs) All Time High, which I think All Time High was trying to recapture a little bit of the magic of this theme tune. Really? Yeah. Um, this this theme tune is is beautiful. Who sings? Sung by Carly Simon. Don't know her. Uh, you're so vain. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, it's 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 chock full. Uh, some of the characters that we get introduced into this in this film stay with us for the next like thirteen years. What um, do you mean? This is where we first meet Robert Brown. Oh. Oh. And Bernard Lee is in this one as well. So Robert Brown as Admiral Hargreaves oh, yes. is introduced in this. Walter Gattel is introduced as uh, Admiral Gogol. Gogol, yeah. Um, so with Robert Brown, is he does he become M? Uh, is, is this a different character in this? Movie? Well, so that's that's a big theory mm. within the within the, the franchise. I think yes. He gets the next movie he's in. He's uh, he's one off, doesn't he? he has one he, off because Bernard Lee passes away. After this film, yeah. they take a film off, and then he comes in. Yes, I think. Yes, I think the the first, the next time we see him is that unfortunately in Octopussy. Mm. Um, but uh, they, I mean, Richard Keel is introduced as Jaws, who mm-hmm. comes back again. The, the, there's so much about this. This is a peak Roger. Mm. Um, you know, if you like Roger, you'll love this. Um, it's a film, though, that I have been kind of hot and cold on uh, over the years. Um, and I, I can't really put my finger on why. Okay. I don't think it's a bad film. Maybe we can get to the bottom of that yeah, today. Maybe we can. Maybe I'll watch it today and go, oh, I get it, I get it, I get it. Because it's one of those things that I find quite interesting, is watching these films alone by yourself is a very different experience As to, to watching it. Yeah, to watching it alone with others. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, to, to watching it with, uh, with a, an audience, uh-huh. which is, you know, my two best mates. Um, How dare you? <laughs> I would not. Um, no. <laughs> um, so I'll be interested to see how that energy kind of helps this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's, got a, it's got one of the most iconic pieces of... Um, of music in it as well when at Bond 77 the opening uh, piece of music for the pre-title sequence composed by Marvin Hamlish this is not a uh, this is not a John Barry oh. this one Ooh. 
What was it? Say again. Bond 77, Bond 77 is the name of the first track. Um, mm. Edited by John Glenn. Mm. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of magic elements mm-hmm. in this. Does Morris pull his shit together? Morris Binder? I can't remember. Mm. I can't That's remember. That's not a good sign. But I don't remember any of the Binder. Oh, no, no, no. There's a very iconic image in uh, this title sequence, which once you see it, you'll be like, oh, yes, yes. That's the one they always reference. Well, let me guess. Is it the 007 going at this? (laughs) 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 No. Um, Yeah, I'm excited to watch another Rodgy. I'm I'm happy to give him another chance. Yeah, let's do it. Because I was looking forward so much to watching a Rodgy last time. And Octopussy broke my bloody heart. It really Mm. did. Um, Let's put it back together again well, with this one shall we hopefully we can mm. well gentlemen i think it's time to pop in the blu-ray for 1977's the spy who loved me see you in a bit Well, gentlemen, we have just seen 1977's The Spy Who Loved Me, and I'm going to bloody say it, it was absolutely bloody fantastic! Say this, nobody does it better. Oh, like the theme song. Picked up on that. Picked up on that, that was a good one. It was, dare I say it already, it's shaken, shaken, (laughs) oh, shaken, (laughs) my goodness. It's top tier Bond. Undeniably. Yeah. Undeniably. Undeniably top tier mm. Bond. I loved every second of it. I really did. I don't think it really kind of... You know, the only thing I could point to, and I'm really clutching at straws, mm-hmm. is the kind of uh, sloppy choreography in the first fight scene. Oh, on yeah. On the rooftop. And that was it. Yeah. Everything else was like... Solid. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm having so much fun. Maybe it's a good thing that we saw Octopussy before this. I think it was, you know. I think it kind of the cards it gave us a good little right res- reset there. Yeah, yeah. because I wouldn't want to get too spoiled with all these good ones. Because this was fantastic. Ah, uh, I, I, I don't know where to start. I really don't know where to oh, start. Oh, it's gobsmacked. Oh, it's. I mean, we were barely five minutes in, and I said, I need to calm myself down. I'm <laughs> way too excited. You here. really were. He was squealing. <laughs> You, you were talking around. in the wrong octave. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I mean, start at the top. Old mate Roger. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm so- look, he was great in this. He was just... And he had some solid oh, kind of emotional moments oh, too. Yeah, which we have, which I haven't really seen from him yet, I don't think. No, I don't think we have. I don't think Can't we have really. at all. That moment when he uh, when he essentially turns to Massafer uh, and says, Look, he knew, you know, oh. what this business was. Mm. And when someone is trying to kill you while you're skiing down the Austrian Alps, you don't you don't take don't a moment to like take their face, their face in. Face, yeah. mm. Just really and what the, was his other big moment as well? Fear in his eyes when Jaws oh, has yeah, him in the train. In the train. Yes, yes. And he reaches for the lamp. Like the fear in his eyes. And the, the absolute kind of cold brutality of the way he dispatches Stromberg at the end there. Yeah. That was like... That's Bond. Yeah. That's Bond. Well, I mean, mm. you're talking about elements of Fleming. Fleming doesn't really shy away from... I've heard, not that I've read, but yeah, yeah. judging from your past comments, 
the bond of the Fleming novels can be quite cold and ruthless and at times. And that's the thing. You, I watch that and I go, I can see Connery doing that. Mm. I can see Dalton doing that. Mm. And I can see Craig doing that. Mm. Very true. And Moore pulled it off. He really did, yeah. Well. Mm. I wish there was more. Ooh. Ooh. I also like with this, it feels like it's played completely to Moore's strength mm. in that... I, there was a part of me that was a tiny bit worried at the very top of the film where I was like, I don't remember there being quite so many kind of goofy, cheeky little one-liners. Yes. Like there's quite a lot between him and Anya yeah. uh, in Cairo. It calms itself down as it goes on. And as the stakes grow larger personally for Bond, he starts taking it more seriously. You're right, yeah. Mm. He's very much, I mean... They all seem very much in tune with what Bond is doing. Yeah. They don't forget about him like they do in Octopussy, like they do in Die Another Day. You know, oh, yeah. a lot of these films seem to just forget about who Bond actually is. Yeah. yeah. You know, and this one, they just had a crystal clear vision of, of who they wanted him to be and they stuck to it and they didn't deviate for the sake of entertainment at all. You know, it was all serving itself. It was very, very well and put together. And yet there were still so many entertaining moments. Absolutely. You know, it was yeah. such a, a brilliant balance of all of that. You're yeah. right. Mm. Everything was, was authentic. You kept track of everything. Roger was fabulous. Um, and yet, and yet, it wasn't bogged down in... in you know, seriousness or, you know, anything like that too. There were great moments of spectacle. There were still plenty of one-liners and little kind of looks and, and even little gags and stuff like that. But it just, Innuendos. Innuendos, yeah, the double entendres. <laughs> um, I think it nailed it all. I think it really sat in the groove. It absolutely nailed that balance of everything. Yeah. In a, in a weird way, I mean, maybe... This is context and hindsight, but it didn't feel particularly showy. Y- you know what I mean? Oh, I, yeah, I, I kind of do. I, because it, on the other hand, it felt quite showy to me. But it, I, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like it obviously had its so moments of high spectacle, but yeah. like I guess it just all feeds back to that kind of that synchronicity of the entire thing. That when it was pulling out all stops and being showy, like in that, I mean, how many explosions were there in that oh. final? You know what I mean, but it still worked. It yeah, it, 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 I was never going. This is gratuitous, or this is this is showy. I was, yeah. I was in it. I was in the story. Yeah, and it's, it's, yeah, you're fucking right. Every si- like, there's about six movies worth of set pieces in this, <laughs> and it doesn't feel overstuffed. Every single time another set piece starts, you're like, yes, 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 give it to me, yes, please, I want it, yes, I'll have a double serving, <laughs> like. Oh boy, the pre-title sequence oh, is just stunning. In the pre-title sequence alone, we go from seeing a nuclear submarine mm-hmm. get sabotaged. We don't know exactly yeah, what happens to it. Disappears. Yeah, yeah it disappears. My God. <laughs> 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 My God. And then we have we get introduced to Gogol. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then we get the little uh, intro to Anya Amasova, Triple X, who we think is going to be this the, the, fella, the, fella, the, the square, Russian Bond, yes. Lord Bond. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that is the guy I was thinking about. That's Michael Billington. 
Ah. So that's the guy that um, they considered to play Bond. Oh, right. Yeah, I think right. he screen tested around the time of Live and Let Die. Yep. I think they made the right call. He was pretty lifeless. Oh, did you think? I thought so. He didn't really. I thought he was quite good in, in his it. little bit. I kind mm. of got a bit of a Connery Lazenby vibe. That's from exactly. I what thought I was it was. I thought it was going to turn around and it'd be Lazenby. Lazenby. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lazenby really... head, Connery back hair. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're very, very right there. Hairy boy. Very hairy boy. Um, that's. Absolutely brilliant. But yeah, I think he was considered for Live and Let Die. And then he was considered to take over from Roger. Right. Um, around, like, For Your Eyes Only and um, Octopussy, actually. Right, right. I think he was considered around that time. But uh, I don't think he really did anything else. Um, I don't recognize him. I just know him mm. as being one of the people who almost played Bond. He was up mm. for it. And then, of course... Uh, she gets kind of said, you know, gets told, okay, there's a mission coming in for Triple X. Mm-hmm. He's off to do his own mission in yes. Austria, yes. which is where we meet James Bond. Yes, in a similar a situation to Triple X. Austrian yeah. blonde woman. Yes. In a, in a uh, uh, log cabin. Log cabin, yeah. yes. Bond They're, in a log cabin. <laughs> oh, we lag it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then. Uh, and she's a dirty little devil, too. She is. She's working for the baddies. She, she is. is. She is indeed. Mm. We got a cool little gadget, yeah, right yeah. up front box. with the yeah the music box and the Seiko watch, oh, which yeah. has yeah, the yeah, little the uh, printed ticket tape. Yeah, yep. uh, I don't know why they didn't catch on. Got to refill my watch. Can't get any messages. <laughs> Great reception to be getting a message up in the oh, house. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Bond with a classic fucking line, but James. I need you. So does England. (laughs) (laughs) In a yellow jumpsuit that you weren't much a fan of. Bit of a question mark. (laughs) The yellow jumpsuit. But I knew it wouldn't compromise the film. You know, it was a poor choice. He looked like, I think it's Scuba... Scuba Steve? Scuba Steve? Yeah, from Big Daddy. From Big Daddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah the figure, the, the toy. The little toy that he has. No. I, the kid has it, Big yeah. Daddy, Scuba Steve. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same Cole color. Yeah. character. Yeah, you know what I'm on about. I know what you're talking about. He's got the yellow wetsuit. That's and right. The red flippers yes. and the goggles and exactly. stuff. Exactly. I know it. But great sequence, great oh, snow, uh, snow chase. Ski sequence. Oh, man. The flipping over of, you oh know, my God. the jumps. Yeah, he does like a backflip. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the camera. The backflip like and chasing twist. them Yeah, well, too. that's, that's yeah. Willie Bogner. Who's Willie Bogner? Willie Bogner. Did he do the same camera work on Her Majesty's? Yes. Yeah, yeah. wow. So that's old, good old Willie Bogner. So what's he doing? He's skiing with a camera. Yep. Yeah, basically. Behind him. Yep. He's yeah, a right. professional skier who they kind of went, you're the only one in the world that can do this, so mm. please do it for us. It's amazing footage seeing him work on Her Majesty's with, like, you know, there's no ski poles. It's just him, two skis and a camera in his hand. And, just, and a film camera, no it, less. Yeah, exactly right. And just tailing behind Lazenby. And, yeah, same thing here mm. behind Rog. Yeah. I. And then you've got... The, the damn jump. The original damn jump. Wow. And the choice to remove the music. Oh, no How sound. strong was that? Just brilliant. It's so long. And then you just hear the, the flapping of the parachute coming free. It's an amazing thing because very similarly to the damn jump, there, with the damn jump, where there was the, um, the thing of the guy had to get the piton 
the the grappling grappling gun out in time before he disappeared behind the rocks. Mm. So a very similar thing was going on with um, with whoever the the gentleman was who did this stunt. I used to know the guy's name, but you'll have to look it up for me. Mm. Um, Do it yourself, you lazy. Um, to get the skis off, you mean? Well, he had to get the skis off and then pull the parachute in time. Far out. Jesus. And apparently they were running out of... Um, he was very close it to disappearing between, like you're behind those cliffs. a long yeah. time. And the other thing that nearly went horribly wrong with that, and it's in the film, is that he kicked the skis off and the skis went and he pulled the parachute. And so the skis, one of them nicks the parachute and if it had slit open the parachute which apparently is a little too easy to do yeah. <laughs> with sharp skis um, he very well could have not survived Just that plummeted uh, to his death yeah oh. I'm sure he would have had a backup chute yeah usually but it was the 70s the scale in that shot was tripping me out like, I didn't know how high he was, and I kept thinking he was about to hit the ground. Yeah. You know, I just... Oh, he's got yeah, that, yeah. like, vague white yeah, behind yeah, exactly. him. Like, is that the ground? How far away are we now? Yeah, yeah. I know, he was in the air for so, so long. So it must long. have been so high up. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Iconic. I couldn't do it. It is. It's iconic. It's iconic. And then we finally, finally liked a Maurice Binder title sequence. He did a great yeah. job. Did a great job. Brilliant. Solid effort. The hands like there's coming so many... in, cupping the Union yeah. Jack parachute. Because there's oh. so many elements within a title sequence, you know. There's tens, if not hundreds, of individual elements. And I think out of those, the only thing I didn't like was one transition. Yeah, oh, I think it was when the hands, hands came back. When the hands came back. Yeah, 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 towards the end. There. But every, he really, yeah, I was so impressed. Oh, I was ready to poke holes through his work because mm. I seemed to have a little thing against him. Yeah, but yeah. he won me back with this, I think. Oh, me too. Mm. Me too, completely. Mm. And it's in no small part helped by... I don't know if it's the best, but mm. it's... God damn close. Thank you, Mr. Hooker. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Hooker. (laughs) Nobody does it better by Carly Simon. Wow. Holy shit. What an anthem. It's a beautiful song. I just want it to never stop playing. I know. Yeah. Mm. You do get lost in it, don't you? You do. It's like, yeah, get caught up in all of it. Yeah. There's an emotion there's an emotionality to that song, I think. Like you were saying before in the preamble, it's like it's not your quintessential Brassy bassy sound. Mm. Mm. Brassy bassy. Brassy bassy. Brassy bassy. <laughs> but Who came back to sing the title song in the film directly after this? After this record. Mm. But you know, you've it takes you to a place. And I mean, I, I know we've sort of spoken, I've heard you talk about this too, that the connotations that this song has with Roger after his after passing. his passing yeah. and things like that, how that I think informs my viewing of it. I, I think I get sort of caught up in the sentiment of that as well um but yeah for something that's not your quintessential big loud barry sound yeah this is bond it really is Mm. it really is and not only do we think it's a good song but the uh the academy oh it was a good song no it didn't oh it didn't but it was it was nominated who have we got to recap it was something silly like um, 
It's no. one for the fact check. Yeah, no, this is just me <laughs> fact check baiting. Seventy-seven. Uh, yeah, seventy-seven. What would it have been? No idea. It was. It was something like a "My Heart Heart Will Go On" type type, type thing. You know, it's a song it's you've heard. But Twenty it's bit, years old. It's like "Love Will Keep Us Together" or something like that. It's, it's a, a lovey song. Yeah, it's a lovey-dovey song from like oh God knows. I'm not even going to hazard a guess. <laughs> we'll I might out. as well just call it the Boogie Woogie Bojangles. <laughs> See you in the fact check next episode. Tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but written by, uh, composed by Marvin ha- Hamlish, uh, mm-hmm. with lyrics by Carol Bayer Sager. Yep, I've written it down. Carol Bayer Sager. Bayer Sager. Which I feel like I know that name. No. No, I'm Googling it. Well, I can't resist. I can't no. resist because I can't wait till your bloody fact check. He's an impatient boy. He is. Does the name ring a bell to you? Bayer Sager. Bayer Sager. Bayer Sager. I always wanted to buy a Sager, but I could never afford one. We were an Nintendo family. Yeah, 64 all the way. Goldeneye, baby. Uh, she was married to Bird Baccarat. Oh. Oh. Um, she. Wait, will it loads? Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Riveting. Riveting. Why is your screen a bit yellow? Well, I think we were making fun of podcasts that do this very thing. No, we weren't. A little bit earlier this evening. <laughs> I don't think we look, were. Look, here we are, waiting for Brandon's I phone don't to load. I think we were. Ah, yes. Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Reliable source, then. Reliable. What have we got here? Albums. Albums. Um, What's she done? It's uh, got a discography. Discography. Uh, selected uh, songs. Oh, how many uh, artists known menus? for performing? Oh, them. she she wrote uh, Arthur's theme. Oh, huh? yeah. Uh, yeah. She wrote Anyone at All for Carol King for You've Got Mail. For that. Yep. Fly Away She's Peter Allen. Yeah. Everything old is new again. Peter she sings songs. She sings songs. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But yeah. why do you think she's so familiar to? I think you're making things up. I again. think you should watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been watching yours because it's been running. Oh, oh. boys, boys, boys. <laughs> Oh, I know what I know her from. She what? wrote uh, Nobody Does It Better, the theme from the Spider-Man. Oh, that's, that's it. That's a great song. That's what I know her from. One. Yeah. That's such a good song. Classic. Oh, fantastic. But what do we know the singer from? Yeah. No. Night Shift. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, no, good for her. Good for her. Good for her. She did a great uh, job. Great she did job. a bloody Solid great work. job. Solid work. Solid work. <laughs> You've got a great song. You've only had... Oh, this is your second. No, this is my first. Is that your first? Yeah, it's you my first. You haven't finished it. Yeah, I've had a big day. Uh, I've had a big day. That usually means knocking back a bit. Yeah, I'm taking it slow. I'm a bit tired. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I can't fault... I really... I can't fault the, the pre-title sequence. I can't fight, fault... the. I can't fight or fault the title sequence. And I can't... Fight, fight or fault. or fault... The title song. <laughs> <laughs> this you know, thing gotta... starts so strong. Oh. The, the opening sequence, Morrison seventy seven. Oh man! Oh yeah, mm. get a bit of Bond seventy seven. Bond seventy seven. Track. Mm. Thanks for pointing mm. that out. Mm. That's a great. I gotta say, old uh, old Marvin Hamlish, Hamlish, <laughs> Hamlish, Hamlish. Great work. Yeah, I, I think it's my favourite score. Yeah, yeah I think there it's were, my favourite score. Were... Words were, getting yeah, thrown around. Were, like they were, that, I was yeah. throwing them around. Mm. Yeah, they were thrown around. I think I said. 
This is going to be my favourite score. Yeah, I think so. You, did, yeah, you did. did have a moment where you went, ooh, a bit of a misstep there when, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. when, the, when the mini subs came out. Yeah, yeah. The, what What was the little sting I there? I don't know. It's a bit of waka waka. A bit of disco. You kind of alluded to the golden eye car chase. But it was very disco, very 70s. Yeah. And it fixes itself. It's just those opening few bars. Yeah. 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 A bit of disco flavour. Yeah. It's the 70s. We got a bit of disco there. Well, I, I just want to talk about everything. The, lost I want, in the magic of this. I know. I I, I'm, mm. I'm really trying not to just be like, and then this happened, and then this, and then this, and I, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, the general feeling, though. Yeah. That's the general. I will say, yeah. we loved the film You Only Live Twice. Yes. Yeah. This has a very, very similar plot. Uh, yeah. yeah. It does. There's a lot, of, lot of similarities plot. here. Mm. I like this better. Absolutely. It does a better job. Yeah. But is there points off for the fact that it's retreading or is it it's James Bond they all retread? See, I was thinking about that and I was mm. like, ah, look, if it works, it works. Yeah. And it really worked. Yeah, mm. far out it did. Mm. I, and I think really the only thing that is similar plot-wise is just the villain's kind of plan mm-hmm. which is to kidnap uh, kidnap to uh, you know an east and a west um, military vehicle yeah. it's a uh, sp- spaceships in the in the twice. twice yeah and then in this the it's nuclear submarines, submarines. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially it's holding the, the world to monorails ransom. monorails in the lair red um, henchman suits red henchman yes. mm-hmm. big the, the armies fighting yeah yes. the good versus fighting. evil armies but the way the main thrust of the film is the relationship between Triple X and and Bond. Yeah, I've got to say I didn't expect that to be the narrative. Yeah, it was the narrative. Yeah. What I loved about this film was how simple it kept it. Yeah. I think it was more simplistic than You Only Live Twice, which is probably mm-hmm. why we think mm-hmm. it's maybe a little more. Um, well, there's also not silly things of Bond becoming Japanese. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, like. There's a lot less culturally insensitive stuff in this, apart from, of course, the Egyptian builders line when oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the rubble yeah. falls on him. Yeah, um, it wasn't too bad, though. Which yeah. they they had to do on the sly, because when they were filming that scene, mm-hmm. um, there were like members of the you know minist- ministry of tourism or whatever oh, in, right, in Egypt, Egypt. Um, who were making very sure that nothing was damaged. And also that they weren't kind of disparaging Egypt because they were very like, this is a Bond film. Yeah, we're getting a lot of eyes on this. Um, And so when they did that line, they had to do it essentially in one quick take. Hey, look over there. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yes, yes. Then Moore had to say it kind of under his breath a little bit. And then um, dub it later. Yeah, yeah. Well, (laughs) actually, yeah, they may have even tried that. (laughs) But, oh, man. I'm so in love with this film. Strength to strength to strength. I mean, you've got... I mean, I've said it. The balance is right. They've got every element. Every element we go through in this show was nailed. Yeah. I think. What wasn't? Have you got any... What do we think about our main Bond girl? You know what? I used to have a problem with her. Mm. Uh, It's funny... The older I get, the more attractive I find her too. I mm-hmm. never. She always seemed like a mm. an, an old lady to me, like a stranger-looking 
old lady. Today I was like, oh no no no, she is she is stunning. Mm-hmm. Barbara Bach is the um, the actress's name. She was married, to, or I believe even still is, to Ringo Starr. Oh no way. Oh yeah. I th- look nothing. I, her what acting is her the acting is great. The character's yeah. great. Yeah, the, character the character is very, is very good. You know, you can't really fault the character. So I don't think, again, it's not a major. And and considering problem. how bad some of the the actresses yes. have been, yes. um, and how bad some of the actresses after her are, mm-hmm. you just kind of go, well, it was the seventies. You were a model. I mean, you did pretty well. She did. There's, there, she's she's just she's a little wooden. She little is a little bit, wooden. yeah, a bit stiff. Yeah. Bit yeah. Stiff. yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least she, I, I'd prefer that to her being a um, stupid, a ham, or a, yeah, yeah, a bimbo, or yeah, anything yeah. like that. She really does kind of. There are moments where I'm like, yeah, you needed to hold your own there, and you did. Yeah, mm. and I, I think you're right. I think there's definitely elements where you go, yeah, she's she's an agent. Hmm. She's KGB. See, I never believed for a second that she was a secret agent. Really? Yeah. Not even oh, really? for a second. Not for a second. I definitely had at least a few seconds. I, I know what you mean. <laughs> there, there were a few moments where I was like, oh, would she be that scared? Would she be that... But, mm. no. Yeah, I think that was my main, main problem. And, it, you know, it wasn't written that way. It was performed that way. Mm. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't think she's one of the stronger actors in the, in the franchise. But I love... I loved her character. This and time. I loved the, the way the character related to James Bond. Yeah. Um, yeah, that yeah. dynamic is mm. yeah. so strong. Yeah. We haven't seen that in, in any of the other ones, have no, we? Nothing like this. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Yeah, no. I mean, it is, it's really, it's a prime example of, you know, the Bond about, girl um, as uh, Bond's equal. What about, oh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Goldeneye, but not really no in a very different way different yeah yeah Yeah. she doesn't have the same uh, employment as Bond you mean like specifically yeah yeah yeah. it's like oh no you are Russia's Bond you're Russia's 007 and you're a woman die another day technically well yeah die another day yeah Yeah. it's a technicality actually yes we had so they tried it again they tried Mm. it again but boy did they fail Mm. (laughs) boy Was it so? We've said it was a simple plot. Yep. So clear to follow. You oh, weren't yeah. lost at any point. Never. No. Yeah, no. was I. No. There was one moment I think where we were like, "Why does but, he want the missile?" But I think we were and just getting we, ahead of ourselves. We were. We yeah, were. Because yeah. then it revealed itself, and exactly. we got that great scene at the big golden globe there in the control room. Yeah. Mm. You, sort of, you got me monologuing again, and, and then <laughs> the classic kind of Bond villain reveal. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was all there. Mm. It was all there. Egypt was our big starting point in terms of locations. I don't think... When I think of Egypt, I don't necessarily go, oh, Bond location. Because I... <coughs> I and look, I might be, you know, showing my bias here, but um, I never really think of, oh, the desert and Bond. But before we've done this this run through of the films, I should say. Yeah, he does go to the desert. Well, yeah, well, Living Daylights loved the sequences in the desert. Yeah, I loved the sequences in this. Mm. Yeah, that stuff at the pyramids. Oh, yeah, gorgeous wow. sequence oh. with the lights mm. and jaws. And... Holy shit! And then the and then the, there's the secondary, the whole van sequence. Yes, and then, and then arriving at the what was that on like? that on the boat? No, the when we like when we get. 
drive through the van and then we're at that monument or the oh yes oh, yes and the jaws is up top he's walking along the the catwalks and, and yeah he drops what down. would you call that yeah know. yeah, yeah. well it'd be a kind of archaeological site that's yeah. some kind of not quite valley of the kings but it's a kind of burial site or something like that the oh, lines like, and the lighting oh, right. were gorgeous yeah sequence yeah. as well stunning mm. temple of something that great little um uh it's not really a casino it's like a like a bar Yes, where yeah. where we see the dancers, the where guy gets killed yeah, in the phone Jaws booth. gets killed in the kills Ooh. Jaws kills him in the phone booth. Mm. Oh boy, it's stunning set design in mm. there. Like, I wonder if that's a real place, actually. Yeah, mm. I'd say that would be Pinewood. Maybe, maybe. I think mm. they did a pretty good job at blurring the lines. I think they did too. You know, aside from the massive classic Ken Adam kind of oh, yes. ultimate yes. lair battle at the end there. Yeah. Um, Particularly yeah. in those earlier... Blending the interiors and the exteriors yeah, and making it all yeah. feel... Yeah, what's real, what's not. Continuous, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I agree. I, I really desperately, desperately want to go to Italy. Oh, Yeah. Go. I didn't think we'd end up there. Oh, no, my goodness. Is it just Egypt and Italy? It's Egypt, Italy, and the ocean. And the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Non-descript. Oh, and, and the Austrian Alps, I suppose. And the Austrian yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, where we open, I guess. Um, Good spread. Yeah. Great locations. We never go to... Do we ever go to London? No. Uh, do we? Where's M when we first see him? Oh, when they... In Egypt. No, no. Report to... Remember in any telegrams, Bond on his watch. It's on a It's on a boat. That's when, he gets, that's when he gets helicoptered in. Well, yeah. M's not there for that. That's Admiral Hargreaves and uh, the Defence Minister, Minister, Freddie Gray. Right. Mm. Which is where we get the the plans and Q comes in and he's like, oh, we've been working on this for a while. Yeah, that's right. When they first realised that, that somebody's London? been tracking... Or is that on a boat? No, I think it's on a ship. That's on a ship. Yeah, because when they leave that scene, we've got that scene where Bond oh, is walking yes. and the submarine's following oh. him oh, in the yeah, background. Oh, yeah, they're on a They're on the deck of a ship. God, yeah, right. So, no, nice. not in England. Not Yeah, we never go to... Mm. Don't go to London, at but least. Do we get a Union Jack? Oh, we do. Oh, yeah. England's very present. Of the locations in the film, mm. which is the one for you that is the standout? You think, if I say Spy Who Loved Me, Ooh, Italian where do you coastline. go? The Italian, Italian coastline. coastline. Yeah. Mm. Egypt. It's Egypt, Egypt for you. for sure. Hmm. I think for me, it's the Liparis. Mm-hmm. Or Liparis, however you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I was just like, or oh, actually, could be Atlantis. That I extraordinary, mean, it's, oh, it's huge, huge set. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense architecturally in terms of <laughs> the, why it looks re- that way. Yeah, the relation of the rooms. <laughs> no, and, like, no, no, no. She gets in the elevator and falls down, yeah, and then yeah, she's yeah. on the in front of them. Not easy to get yeah. around. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a maze. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, Willy Wonka in the Glass yeah, elevator. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's up. just got everything I want. I just feel very comfortable right now. Yeah, so do mm. I. So do I. This is exactly what you want from a Bond film. I agree. I think I agree with you there. And I think Roger, yeah, he went up a few points in my book um, with yeah, this film. Yeah. You know, you think about this and Live and Let Die, and it's like, oh, man. Yeah, man. 
I just yeah. feel like he's let down by poor films. Because he's got it in him. He does. It's not like he can't go there, right? Yeah, yeah. So if he's got the material in front of him and mm. the film demands it, yeah. he's turning up totally. and giving it all. Yep. Yeah. Like he did here and like what he did in Live and Let Die. It's just that he was let down in Octopussy. Live and let down. Live and let... It, it is... It, it's, it's funny when we talk about this film because if this film had not been anything but sensational, mm. I don't think we have more than 10 Bond films. This would have been the last one. You reckon? Man with the Golden Gun was a really big... like kind of, They took a big hit mm. on that. It still made money, but it just didn't do very well and it got critically panned. This film is also the first of the films that Albert R. Broccoli produced by himself. No Harry. No Harry Saltzman. Right. Man with the Golden Gun was the last one where it was Harry Saltzman and Albert R. Wow, Broccoli. Harry was just out after that. He went, I don't want a part well, of this. N- well, no. Saltzman uh, was essentially forced oh. to sell his stake um, because he had uh, quite bad debts. Oh, um, and so he ended up selling his stake of the Bond films for roughly twenty million pounds. I think wow. that's a lot back then. It's a lot. I mean, it's a lot today, but it's a lot back then. Um, and it's from here on that they're kind of at the whim and beck and call of uh, the studios, um, because the studio he sold his rights over. I think he sold his rights over to. The studio, not MGM, not not to Cubby, right? Oh. Yeah, um, and so now that's where all that legal trouble starts. When we're talking about the Daltons, yes, where it's like, which studio is going to produce this? And when MGM ran run into uh, financial difficulties, or United Artists ran into financial difficulties, or whoever you know was the producing company, mm-hmm. uh, it just creates delays. I mean, it's what's created so many delays in the Craig era as well, is, it, is that MGM has been up for sale and in and out of, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so the the bond rights have been so tied up. So this being the success that it was, saved the franchise. Wow. And it's amazing that whenever they get <laughs> to that point... They pull it out. They Absolutely. They hit it out of the park. Them. Because the next one after this, where they really needed to prove that it was going to be a banger, was Goldeneye. Yeah. And then the next time after that, Casino Royale. Mm. They work well under pressure. They yeah. do. The next one after that, Skyfall. And the next one after that is going to have to be No, no Time, time to, to Die. No Time to Die, baby. <laughs> God, I hope it's good. Mm. It looks like it's going to be. It looks very good. Well, it's, there's no danger of it sinking the franchise, is there? Well, with this delay, we're looking at, you know, who knows where the market will be in seven months? Who knows what the reaction to this coronavirus will be, you know? be interesting for you, the listeners, listening to this in uh, a couple of years from now. Yeah, looking back. Looking back on it. Were we, were we worried for no reason or, mm. or for good, one, good reason? Um, or for good one. Or for good one. Or were we worried for, for no reason or for good one? For good one. I've only had the one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a bit tired and lazy. Um, 
What's not tired and lazy though are the gadgets in this oh, film, baby. Oh, Segway. Jeez, I love the gadgets in this. Mm-hmm. I think they're oh, good gadgets. They're good gadgets. Good gadgets. And oh, look, let's I don't let's know. think of them. You got me thinking last bloody week, Brandon. I tell you, what like, happens? <laughs> you know, just the over design of the gadgets. Mm. Because going oh, into this, yeah, yeah. going into this, I was like, these are better be good gadgets. On films. Going into this whole experience, I was like, Bond films are all about the gadgets. And, you know, I, I love me a gadget, as we know. <laughs> but today was an example of gadgets done really well. You yeah. know? Maybe, maybe I'm getting a little bit over the crazy, kooky, over-designed weird old gadget you know what I don't like that that this film and was it Octopussy when we go into Q's room yep and it's themed oh yes yes Octopussy was in India yeah I don't like that because it doesn't it's not believable What's he picking up all of the stuff he's got in development and taking it over to Egypt and just and I also don't like that they theme the gadgets around the culture Mm. That they're in, yeah. Yes. Well, especially an octopusy with the, with oh, the like, snake charmer, the, but the rope, the, the rope, rope that yeah. kind of goes that the snake charmer rope. It was like this, they the had the um, the uh, hooker. What do you call it? Oh yeah, yes, yeah, 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 the hooker, the and hooker, it, uh, and it was a gun. It was a gun. It's like yeah. I didn't mind that as much. Yeah, that well, one I was like, yeah, that's practical. Rope coming out of a snake charmer's basket. I'm like, what the fuck? What fucking use is that? Use that? Yeah. Like, you want to draw attention to yourself? But um, mm. but in terms of the the, the great gadgets, list I them mean, off for a start. The what ones that remember? I remember, yeah. the ones that I remember are the music box, the Russian music yeah, box. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, the watch, Bond's ski. Oh, his ski pole is a gun. His ski pole is a gun. That was terrific. Then I'm a little hazy. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. What is after that? The 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 wet bike. Yeah, we got a oh, wet bike, a a vehicle, wet which gadget. I would say vehicle. Vehicle. Ve- vehicle. Vehicle gadget. We need a term for that. I would say vehicle more than... But it, like Little but Nelly came, is a vehicle. But it came in a kind of... A bag. In a bag. Yeah, a that he had to assemble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, what should we call that? What should we call that? And then, uh, was there any others? My favourite gadget, which is kind of being a, being a, 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 an example of why I'm maybe veering away from the um, oh you know yeah. odd odd kind I of know shaped gadgets you know what well, guns shaped like cameras that don't need to be shaped like cameras or <laughs> you know explosive plastic in um, toothpaste he's a spy let it be a gadget yeah, yeah. Uh, was the uh, film reader yeah you know on oh, the boat when he's actually looking at the schematics uh, you know and the from the I could use that gadget today yeah you know it's beautiful and mm. it folded up into like a nice little well, flat pack thing see, fits one, in his coat one of the things I, I liked about that was that it actually was designed a little bit like everyday items but they were everyday items that he would actually have on him. Mm. So there was the cigarette lighter, which was not really a cigarette lighter, which he flipped out and kind of clicked into place at one point. So mm. that was obviously like some kind of light or something yeah. to kind of create the, the screen's reading. Mm. Mm. Um, that I really loved. It's I don't like dentonite toothpaste, because what's he doing <laughs> carrying around? A tube of toothpaste. A tube of toothpaste. And I don't like that they in License to Kill have that camera gun because it's like it's clearly a gun mm. yeah no one's buying that that is a camera yeah 
Um, and there's no one around to see it. Yes. Yeah, yes. You know, it's not even like, okay, we've got to get this through an airport or we're <laughs> yeah. smuggling it across, you know, and someone's going to actually look at it. It's like, no, you're just going to run into a dark building across from the casino and shoot the window. Like, yeah. Odd. But I think they got the balance right here. I think they did. Plenty of so gadgets that, that satisfy the, the need. I think Lewis Gilbert's got a wise old head. Yeah, mm. I think so too. Mm. Well, this one, funnily enough, was written by Christopher Wood and Richard Maybourne. Okay. And Christopher Wood was a novelist oh. who ended up doing the, um, the novelization of this oh. film and the novelization of Moonraker. I can't remember if he was involved in the writing of Moonraker, though. Right. But um, I think there's a bit of his influence there. Mm. Um, because if you ever listen to him talk about it, he's, he sounds like quite a sensible kind of old Ian Fleming-style chap. Gotcha. Right. He's very... Yeah, I mean, he's quintessentially British. <laughs> like, he's almost too British when you hear him speak. Um, yeah, Christ. I'm trying to think if I have a favourite... What would be my favourite gadget in this? Mm. I mean, the Lotus Esprit has some of the best little moment gadget, gadget moments yeah, yeah. in it. Mm. Which is set up at Kew Branch yeah, too. Really bloody well yeah, with really that really concrete spray the coming exhaust, out. The, yeah, the back of the car there. Brilliant. I think my favourite gadget's got to be the ski pole because I just wasn't expecting it. Oh, oh yeah. Mm. Yeah, cool. Mm. Turn around. Yeah, the one sure. I can't get out of my head is the ticker tape watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't get that out of my head. Mm. I just thought... It, look, it was, looked very nice. The lettering was yeah. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. nicely yeah. embossed. Yeah. Yes, yes, embossed. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I really love the class of that um, the film, microfilm the, reader. The, the microfilm reader there, yeah. the way you yeah. kind of took it out. I want one. Mm. assembled it, clicked the film in. Mm. <laughs> Not that there's microfilm around anymore. But, no, unfortunately. But I want one. Yeah. Mm. Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, stunts. Where the hell do you start on Man. this? Chock uh, full. Talk about every two minutes. Yeah, yeah right. Thing. I mean, the ski stunt at the start, jumping off with the Union Jack. Bow. Arguably the most impressive, most iconic stunt of the entire franchise. I think it's the most iconic stunt. Yeah, I actually I, don't yeah. think there's another one that sums up the Bond films yep. better than that stunt. That's I a big call. Apparently when that, uh, at the royal premiere yes. of this film, mm. the entire audience, as soon as he pulled that Union Jack, they got a standing ovation. Wow. I was they almost doing it in the living room. ovation <laughs> for that at the royal premiere. Wow. It was apparently like just a moment of like, oh, Bond's back. Yeah. Oh, they've done it. They've done it. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, just... Brilliant. I mean, the underwater car with the Lotus Esprit. Mm. The, I mean, the thing that I never remember about the Lotus Esprit is the amazing bloody car chase that happens for about five minutes before yeah. we even yeah, go, underwater, go underwater right? with the bike. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the bike and the that helicopter That was amazing. Car. Yeah, really cool. I, I, yeah. I had completely forgotten Really about kind that. of well-paced together car chase, too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're ramping up the film speed or what they're doing, but those cars are It looks dangerous, dangerous doesn't it? It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, getting thrown over that cliff, too, and sending that bike and, and oh. the dummy. <laughs> and the guy who didn't make the water. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he didn't make the water. <laughs> he didn't make the water. <laughs> oh, boy. Amazing. And incredible piloting. From, of that chopper. Oh, that chopper. Oh, wow. It was just, just spinning on a dime. Just, yeah, right? Oh. Yeah. 
and equal driving too from from whoever's behind the wheel of that lotus too mm. like you were saying you were, you're talking about how um incredible uh, that car is in its design the, the the downforce of it sticking it to the ground yes, such yeah a, um, that they had to kind of um make it less safe to be yeah. able to make it look like it's um it's really gunning it yeah well they even um quite recently they uh, top gear just did a um oh, yeah. a test of like the 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 most iconic cars of each of the bond actors wow and so there's the db5 there's the um the v8 volante that yes. dalton drives there's um guess what one they choose for brosnan the little BMW and got quite a good rating from the Top Gear guys. Uh, yeah. well, I'm sure it's a good vehicle. But happy with that. they said that the best one was the Lotus. The Lotus yes. Esprit. Mm, I believe it. They were talking about how the w- the way that thing drives. Mm. It was just like you were glue right. on the road. Crazy, like that is amazing design. It's, it's so it's so low, isn't it? Low and flat. Yeah. It really feels like well, you can see that it's come from a, a racing yeah. focused company, Absolutely. right? It yeah. looks like an F one car with a cover on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, 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 a little bit. I don't know where it's generating the, the downforce. I mean, it, it would. I think it comes from the shape of it. Just yeah, low and flat, and it's the just, wind just yeah, yeah, mm. rolls right over. Nowhere it. for it to go, mm. but stick to the ground mm. and must have a lot of mechanical grip as well mm. it, it's funny because I look at that car and I, it's not one that I would necessarily go oh yeah gotta own that no I, I see I would I yeah. love that look after this mm. I think I would too yeah, watching really it tonight I was like oh that looks like a little bit like a Lambo yeah it's good yeah, yeah. right it's got it's a, like a smaller Lamborghini yeah. Yeah. of the same yeah. era too mm. What other vehicles are in there? What vehicle isn't in this yeah, film? Yeah, right. Everything from bloody submarines to speedboats to helicopters, iconic cars, wet bike thing. <laughs> Friggin' aircraft carriers. Yeah. They call in the Navy. Oh. What, the only thing it doesn't have is a space, space shuttle. Probably, yeah. That's it. That's pretty much it. Does it have any planes? Actual plane itself, you know Ooh, what? maybe not. I think all of the aircraft are choppers. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right. It's even got a, a, a very lusciously designed bobbing escape pod. Oh, my God. It, it was a bit of a silly design, wasn't it? <laughs> With the antenna on the top. Yeah, a bit space uh, A bit space yeah. Jetsons. Uh, Jetsons. Jetsons, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it looked yeah, like. Yeah. Oh. My God! Oh, oh God! What am I like? I want to talk about so much. I'm so I it, it's I'm so like you're in love. I am. Yeah, I am. you're I'm, you're the man who loved the spy who loved me. Yes. Oh. Mm. This is the film that the film what loved me. The film what, the film what I loved and the film what loved me. Oh dear. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, just brilliant. Just brilliant. It Thank you so much, everything. Lewis Gilbert. Yeah. Oh, Lou. Oh, Lou, he's a steady hand. Oh, really is. Christ almighty, why aren't they all like this? I know. that. Well, I was just sort of thinking about, you know, the ebbs and flows of the franchise and being on death's door and then pulling things like this out of their back door. <laughs> um, it's like, why aren't they always like this? It's a big question. It's a big yeah. question. Yeah, I think we've I think we've got some tangible answers. 
But uh, it's too early to draw those conclusions. Yes, well, how many films are mm. we in now? We're, this is our 12th, isn't it? Well... So we've got eight left. Yeah. Yeah, 12. Before what have we, we got left? Daniel Craig. We've got From Russia With Love, Thunderball, Thunderball, The Man With The Golden Gun, Moonraker, For Your Eyes Only, A View To A Kill, and then Tomorrow Never Dies, and The World Is Not Enough. That's nine. Eight. That's, That's eight. eight. Eight films left. We have eight films left in the original saga. Very good. Before we get to Daniel. Mm. What do you think the things are... Because we're more than halfway through now. Yep. What do you think it is? What's the um, what's the the magic ingredient that's making the the ones that work work, and that is missing from the ones that don't? Great question. I think you know, bit of a vague answer, but the thing that immediately pops into my mind is just synchronicity. You know. How do you mean? Just it seems everyone's working towards the same goal. Oh right. You know. Right. And the ones that work, it just you get the sense that that no one's dropped the ball. The ones that don't, there are elements that let it down. Mostly the script. It all comes from the script, right? Mm. But mm. then you, you kind of have some troubled productions too, where things go a bit awry. Yeah, yeah. It's it's almost like when they try to do too many things that. When they try to venture too far from the formula, yeah, it, it, it feels it feels off. But then also when they try to shoehorn the formula in when it doesn't help the yeah, story. It's, that, it's, it's yeah. a very, very delicate alchemy. Almost. It is. Yeah. It's and like it's, making a good Vespa Martini. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you got to get mean, that mix right. You sure do. Yeah, it's, it's tough to say, isn't it? I, I think you're right. I mm. think it's got to come... It starts with the story. That's right. And not and not being too self-aware. Yeah. Yes. The self-awareness kills it. Because no matter what... I think I've said this previously. No matter what movie you're going to see, you are seeing that movie. You know, you're not seeing 20 movies at once. You're not no, seeing the no. entire history of James Bond. Yeah. You're seeing that movie. Yes. Give me a good movie. It's okay... Mm not to have every single quintessential Bond element that you think has to be in that film. Do it in the next one. Yeah, that's right. Like this one, we didn't go to England. You know, there were things missing Mm. from... It didn't make it a lesser Bond film. It's it's when you start to... I think it's when the creators start to identify the ingredients rather than have them come out naturally. You know, when they identify and go, oh, we've got to have that and we've got to have that. Right? Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. It is tough. Because when you do when you do try and cram absolutely everything into a Bond film, you get die another day. Mm-hmm. You, you know? Yeah. When you, you get, get self you, when you get self awareness, you get die another day. Yeah. And you know? octopussy. And octopussy. Mm. When and you get diamonds. a bad script you get a bad script. Yeah, and diamonds. Diamonds to an diamonds extent. To an extent. Yeah. I agree. Oh god. It does all start there, but yeah, I mean because we've spoken about it too, being a family and this whole idea of, you know, Peter Hunt, John Glenn, you know, the editors coming up through the ranks to become directors and things like that, having people like Morris, um, having people like Ken, mm. um, you know, these pillars of the franchise be all be working together for so long across so many different films. I wonder what's going on behind the scenes for this really tight-knit group of people 
to stumble every now and then. Mm. You know, when we talk about synchronicity, more often than not, it has been the same people, mm. you know, or a vast majority of them in key creative roles, yeah. whether it be editing, directing, production design, uh, writing, producing, certainly. So you've got a lot of people working on this that understand the vision. Mm. So I wonder what are those... What's the minutia or the, the, the sort of the devil in the detail that's slipping these guys up? With maybe the ego, you know? Who maybe, knows? Maybe. It's, it's, yeah, it's not a question we can answer. Do, yeah, that's right. That's, who knows? It's all up for because speculation. Because it's also, you know, I mean, I look at the films in this franchise that I love and they're all so different as well. So I was not, just thinking that. Yeah, I was like, not, what the hell connects Honor Majesties, The Spy Who Loved Me, the Living, Living Daylights, Daylights and Golden Eye—they're very different films. Completely different. And Casino Royale, for example. And, yeah, you know that as well. And, yeah, <laughs> I mean it's not. Yeah, you don't have just make a good movie. Just yeah. make a good movie yes. about this guy who happens to be called James Bond, and he's got his people around him, and that's our given situation, and the audience is aware of that. Don't make him look silly. Don't make him look silly. Make him believable. And Tell also, a good story. and also, don't take him too seriously. Yeah. That is a fine balance. Yeah. Christ, no wonder that there have been... I mean, look, also, we're talking about a franchise that's like up to its 25th film. Incredible. Of course not all of them are going oh, to be Well, great. that's the thing. And if I the wonder balance how... is so difficult that, you know... Occasionally ba- you make a dud drink. You do. Every you do, bartender's going to make a dud drink. Because it's all trial and error. We swing the pendulum okay, too far Alky. one way. <laughs> okay, We've got to cut him off. <laughs> You, the, you you go, all right, on this one, let's see how far we can push it. Mm. Because some people really responded to that. And, all right, that was too far, so let's bring it back. Yeah. Um, maybe every film, if it was given the opportunity to make 25, 25. versions of itself... Mm. Would stumble would onto stumble absolute on, gold. Would, yeah, would Finger. suffer the same fates. Mm. Mm. Finger. Mm. Didn't go. And I. Um, what the standout set for me in this yeah is the Laparis yeah 100% three nuclear submarines inside this massive tanker the fight that goes on inside there just extraordinary there is a story which I was uh, holding. I wanted yeah. to tell you it on the podcast rather than, um, rather than in, in person. <laughs> uh, there's it, no one has verified this as far as I'm aware, but the story goes that Ken Adams, who had not long before this worked on a little film called Doctor Strangelove. Mm-hmm. Yes. Had designed this set and they had no idea how to light it properly because it was that massive that it was just an ordeal to try and figure out how to get the lighting right on this. And the story goes that Stanley Kubrick was on set helping with the lighting. No way. For that entire La Paris section oh my god wow and watching it today with that at the forefront of my mind i'm inclined to believe it what a great urban legend i, I mean really it wasn't a true. cine though 
He wasn't a what? A cinematographer. No. But he was one of the greatest directors of all time. And I yeah. think he kind of came in to, be, yeah, to kind of to help them. Just mm. to be like, this is massive. Mm. And I think some of the tips and tricks that he had uh, learnt working on, like, Strange Love and... Uh, Certainly big sets. Space like, Odyssey as well, I yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he would... I think they would have got him in to be like, can you please help <laughs> Well, because they're mostly, I mean, I'm trying to remember Because I think he was... They're mostly practical, aren't they? Yes, uh, but I also, I think he may have been shooting something around Pinewood at the time. Mm. Could be an urban legend. Could be an urban legend, but I love, I just would love if Kubrick had his fingerprints on one of the Bond films. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, that's just awesome. Because he would have, he should have directed one. He, it would have no, made. he's the wrong fit. Ah, uh, no, I think he would have made a great one. You reckon? He, yeah, I think he would have made a great Watching one. Watching Doctor Strange, love, I can see it for sure. And, and and it's in the same way that you know, I wish Spielberg had done one. And I can see why he didn't do this because I think Jaws was already in his head. Well, he'd made Jaws by then. Had he already he? made it, or was it coming? Yeah, Jaws is seventy. It's like seventy-five. Five, or I think seventy-four, oh, really? seventy-five. Well, that's yeah. even more reason why he didn't do it. There's a yeah. lot of Well, I don't think it was his choice. I think it was Cubby Broccoli going, nah, nah, mm. not him. Really? He's, yeah, too young. Too young. Having done Jaws and then turn around and do this film, there's yeah. a lot of, I mean, having a character called Jaws, having people getting eaten by sharks, having, yeah, there's a lot of shark stuff. What year was on. Close Encounters of the Third Kind? It was around this time. I yeah, think. it was. Mm. I think that may have been his big one around this time. Yeah, for sure. Because I think well, that was the one it came out around the same the time as Star Wars. So it could have come out this year because there is a reference to Close Encounters of the Third Kind in Moonraker really? in the next film. Okay. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I just want I want that to be true about Kubrick. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny you say Doctor Strangelove because when Moore is uh, riding the camera pod. Oh, oh yes, the bomb. I yes. think it was you, Dubs, that said "yeehaw," <laughs> yeah. and I thought, "Oh, the Strange bomb in Strange Love." Yes, yes. <laughs> there you go. Um, Ken Adams has never done a bad set. Man, I think my favourite would have to be the. Um, I, I love the scale, but I think my favourite in terms of aesthetic and, and design would be uh, Stromberg. Stromberg's room. Oh, his oh, dining yeah. room. His dining room. Yeah, yeah. yeah I love that. His shit. decadent dining oh, room. Oh no! <laughs> the hide on that guy. <laughs> what a contradiction! He bemoans yeah. decadence. Yeah. Oh, this is why I'm stopping the world because yeah, it's yeah. become too decadent. It's too decadent. We need a new era. Come into my dining room <laughs> where I'm. Full of paintings and sharks. <laughs> Have you seen my giant globe? <laughs> I really need that. Hands. <laughs> they didn't really like go into that. No, which I really liked. Yeah, it's just yeah. the thing of uh, Mr. Stromberg doesn't like to shake hands. Yeah, that's it. Um, Ed Bond, having been told that, of course, goes to goes shake to his shake hand, hand just to piss him off. Yeah, um, you'd expect them to go into or hear some monologue about how he was kind of. I don't know, raised by penguins or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, that's classic Fleming stuff too, is the villain having some form of, uh, you know, deformity. Yeah. You know, yeah. it reminds me of Dr. No. Yeah, I was going to say. Quite a bit, you know, yeah. these metal robotic hands. Is he a cyborg, Jake? No, because is it's that? his body. It's Excuse not mechanical. Me. Excuse me. They are mechanical hands. How are they mechanical? Who, Dr. No? I mean, do you yeah. know? Oh, I thought you were talking about Stromberg. No. 
I'm talking about Dr. No. Oh, keep up. God, I can't keep up. I would is say, Dr. yes, no Dr. A no is a cyborg. It's would you me- say he's a cyborg? It's Remind mechanical hands, hands that give him extra strength. He's got the big... And he crushes the, he cru- the, the gold, gold statuette. <laughs> nah, he's not a cyborg. He's not a cyborg. Why? Nah. <laughs> because he's an amputee. Yeah, I think you need to be a bit more sensitive, Joe. Mm. No. <laughs> you can't just go around calling every amputee a fucking cyborg. He mate. has mechanical elements that are a part of his body that... That raised but let me ask you this: limitations. Was he softwareically updated? Yeah. Oh, you and your bloody software. It has to be softwareical. Oh, this is irrational. Okay. Irrational? I can't deal with this. <laughs> oh my god! This is illogical rubbish. <laughs> oh, all right then. What's well, your favourite set? Were... <laughs> oh, oh boy! I agree with you. Brandon? Oh, yeah. Of course. Of Mr. Course take the yeah, easy road. Yeah, take my opinion. It's that ship. How can you beat that ship? Yeah, That's massive. The <laughs> subs that are in there, the monorail, the henchmen in their red suits. The Great ex- use of that monorail, too. Oh, oh yeah. Fantastic good. use mm, of that monorail. Loved it. Bond lying down with a machine gun in oh, the back there. Call him over. Oh, yes. Yeah, very good. The control room with the big globe in it gets blown up there at the end. It's a dope. They, they got their money's worth out of that set. I Absolutely. They, did. they really did. Yeah. And budget of this film, $14 million, What? Which is a lot for back then. But you think that's not that much more than what they were spending around Diamonds Are Forever, mm. which is, what, six years earlier than this? Mm, yeah. And You Only Live Twice was a roughly a $10 million budget too, wasn't it? I can't remember. You Only Live Twice, I think it was sitting around about that. Yeah. Not that it's the same year, and this is a bit of a tangent, but that's the same budget of Home Alone. $10 million? $14 million. $14 million Home to Alone make Home was Alone. made for? Just so you know. With Macaulay Culkin. Mm. Yeah. Macaulay Culkin, would he have made a good Bond? I think he he would have made a pretty good Bond villain. Oh, well. Especially now. There's still time. Well, even as a kid. Because those booby traps. (laughs) Those booby traps are pretty dangerous. I thought he would have set up a pretty good lair. True, true. Well, there's a bit of that in Skyfall, too. So maybe Bond has finally met his match. (laughs) Macaulay Culkin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that... That like there's nothing for me to fault in this. I'm trying desperately to go through all the criteria we have for these films, and I'm trying to find, mm. I'm trying to find a bit where I go, oh, that was that was shit. I hated that. I was bored. No, there was. I was never bored. I was never bored. No, no, I was in it the whole time. Yep. Very exciting. I, I was it. thrilled, and that's what I want from a Bond film. You want to be thrilled. You do want to be thrilled. Mm. You want to be thrilled. Thrill, thrilling. You want it to be thrilling, just like your villain, Ooh. Mr. Mr. Carl Strombetter. Very nice. <laughs> wow. I'm going to say it. Oh, oh dost, dost thou darest say what I think thou might say? So far, the best villain. Nobody does it better. Ooh. I'm inclined to agree. He's the best. I, yeah, yeah, mm. yep, yep. Wait, just, just let's not, you know. Let's go no, through let's, our villains. Let's. let's go through our villains that we've seen so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've let's seen just make sure that Do- we're not making it we've silly seen call Doctor here. No. Yep. Yeah. Auric Goldfinger. Blofeld. Blofeld Two. Blofeld in drag. <laughs> <laughs> um, inflatable 
Kananga. Yes. No, that's not fair. We really like Kananga. Yeah, Kananga. But I am thinking about Mr. Inflatable. Um, Dr. Kananga slash Mr. Big. Uh, Carl Stromberg. Then we jump across to Kamal Khan. Yep. Uh, Then we have... Oh, well, who did we say was the villain? We got... Because it's a three-way. It's like Necros, Whitaker, and Georgi. We went with... I think Whitaker Whitaker was was our villain. So, villain villain Whitaker. Mm. Then we jump to uh, Sanchez, who is up there for me. He's pretty good. Sanchez is really up there for me. Uh, Then we have 006, Alec Trevelyan. He's pretty good. And then... Brandon's uh, favourite? Absolutely not, Jake. Do not put those words in my mouth, I swear to God. Yes, Robocop Palpatine. (laughs) Electric fingers. Electric fingers. (laughs) Look, it's a a pretty close match between um, Sanchez Sanchez and Stromberg. Stromberg. Doesn't hold a candle. You don't reckon? You think Stromberg. Sanchez is a great villain, Yeah, but... You could put Sanchez in Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. Well, he was in Die he Hard. He was. Yeah. But you can't put Stromberg. Stromberg. No, he's a Bond that's villain. True. He's a Bond, he's a Bond villain. villain. That's good point. True. Good that's point. a very good yeah, point. Yeah, you've sealed it. You've sealed it. Best so far. Yeah, he's the best one so far. Best so far. He is, uh, yeah, by a head at least. Mm. He such. A, I want to know more about that actor and his background because he is such a great actor. He salt his performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think solid. I've seen him in anything. The way else. he dies, Kurt Jurgens. The way the he dies, God, he just freezes. The shock and the pain is just stopping him from, you know. I mean, a prime example of a really, uh, you know, pretty, crap death. Pretty crap death would be his um, his sort of second second in charge man down on the boat there. You know, the the guy with the hat. In the control room. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, you've only got four minutes, Bond, until the Bond... Oh, yeah. And then he just kind of... I'm going to have a nap now. <laughs> he just sort of rolls up. Is he dead? Is yeah. he sleeping? Is he No, I'm with... dead. Just leave me here. <laughs> leave the keys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, that definitely looked like an older actor who was it's like, like easy, I'm easy, not I have a quite... I'm already on the stairs. stairs. Can I get a cushion, please? Do they have to be steel? Perhaps some nice carpeted stairs. Uh, yeah, he yeah. he's brilliant. Yeah. It's so cold. It's brutal. You know who was meant to be the villain in this? Blofeld. Blofeld. I'm yeah. so glad Well, I, I got that impression, but I'm really glad it's not. Yeah, well... Blofeld I... doesn't work underwater. I think they may have kept that actor, though. How would you have gone with him playing Blofeld? Oh. I think he would be... He would have because been good. he is essentially playing a Blofeld-type yeah, character. It is very true. That's very true. Ah, see, we've had this debate. We've had this the reverse of this debate before. Why is it Blofeld? Can't it just be another person? Yes, And now we're true. saying the opposite. That's Maybe true. it could have just been Blofeld. No, I, I don't think it could have been Blofeld. I'm glad that it's not. I think I am too. I don't think... I, Blofeld doesn't make sense to be underwater or to have a plan to now live underwater. Does yes. Blofeld yeah, make, sense. Right. make sense at all? No, it doesn't. You know, the more I think about Blofeld, the less I like him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's... A, he's, he's... Uh, but, 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 but... Telly Savalas. No! Which He's, one was he? He no. was on a Majesty's. On a Majesty's with a brain. Has he gone, has he gone up or gone down? 
He's he's a good Blofeld as far as Blofeld. He doesn't good. feel like Blofeld. He doesn't. Oh, well, what feels like Blofeld to you? Yeah. You know what feels like Blofeld? Yeah. A fucking hand and a cat. Yeah, that's yes, hand with yes. a ring on it yes. and a cat. Yeah, and just not seeing him. Not seeing him. Which is what we get in from Russia and Thunderbolt. Right. Mm. You know, you get that in, and it's so much more effective. Mm. Well, that's the thing. Maybe there's a case to be made that you should never actually meet Blofeld. Mm. That yeah. Blofeld is, you know, the sort of metaphorical white deer. You know that the hero oh, yeah. is Moby Dick pursuing. Yeah, that you never can properly mm. attain. You mm. never meet him, but he's controlling everything. Mm. Yeah, and he just sends down all of these other villains, sort of thing. The bond fights, but because yeah, I'll be honest. The two times that, well, the three times. Three times. Yeah. Oops. See, sorry, Terry. Um, <laughs> Telly. Telly. I don't even know his name. Headley. Headley. <laughs> <laughs> the three times that we've seen Blofeld. Uh, I yeah, have exactly, fun with exactly. Charles Gray. Meh. Charles Gray is the like wimpy one, isn't he? No, no he's the no. Donald Pleasance like, is the wimpy. Oh, yeah, yeah, Donald yeah. Pleasance. Hold my Donald Pleasance has the fun that horse like this. Yeah. yeah, I quite like his performance. Yeah, yeah I don't like scary face. Yeah, yeah, he's like that's quintessential. I, Blofeld, I, but I really love. I mean, look, Charles. <laughs> Telly Savalas is my personal favourite. Sure, but I do he's have a soft so spot. Silly. No, he's not. He's the <laughs> least silly. How can you say that, Telly? Sa- We've seen he's all of them. Skis. We've seen <laughs> all of them. Telly Savalas. <laughs> I love how Charles is saying that Telly Savalas is. It's silly. It's, it's worse than drag Blofeld. <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about Blofeld in drag. But dressed as a woman in Vegas. He's in a stupid brown suit, hunched forward on skis. With Donald Pleasant. Donald Pleasant needs goggles. Donald Pleasant needs help getting into his monorail <laughs> and has a ridiculous scar and a fucking terrified cat. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, but he's more Blofeld than he Telly is Blofeld. But he's right. silly. Telly Savalas is at Blofeld least Blofeld should never be in the field on skis. If I saw Telly Savalas in an alley, if that. I saw Telly Savalas in an alley, mm. I'd be like you're alive again first but then I would be like oh my god oh my god oh my god this guy's so intimidating I see Charles Gray in an alley and I'm like uh, yeah mm. yeah if I see Donald Pleasance in an alley I'm just like <laughs> get out of my way yeah, old man. Life, life's not been kind to you huh? <laughs> I don't know I think Blofeld isn't He's he's not the he's not the brute force kind of villain. He's the grand puppeteer. He's the mastermind. He's more of a cerebral um, obstacle for Bond. Mm. He's got, he controls everything. It's not like I'm going to fight you, mano a mano, like a Sanchez. You know where it's like, yes. oh yes. shit. You know, yeah. If you meet him in an alley, good luck. Yeah. But with Blofeld, it's like he's he's kind of all powerful, and you never again going back to our theory, you, you can never touch him. Mm-hmm. There's this there's this idea for me in my head that it's like he's up in his lair in the chair with the cat and he lets all of his henchmen do all the work and I tend know, to agree with you then. Can't quite I think you're right. Him. It's something going through these this original saga again. Um, and it's funny because with this conversation's been spawned off the fact that we love Stromberg so much mm. and that it was very nearly going to be Blofeld, but it, because Kevin McClory had the rights to Blofeld, it was all tied up at this point. Right. There's, God damn it, McClory. I, I'm, I'm, well, actually, maybe <laughs> thanks. Yeah, thanks, right. McClory. Yeah. Because otherwise, maybe this film would be 
different. Less. We'd be yeah. sitting here going, "Why is it Blofeld?" Mm. Yeah, although I don't think it, I don't know if we would if it was Kurt Jurgens. True. I think he brings that level of menace. Oh boy! I mean, you don't you can't go wrong. No. But I am reconsidering why Blofeld is thought of as the big bad, as the the nemesis of all nemeses. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm. Why him? Because why he's more him? present than any other. And it makes me wonder why they had to bring Blofeld back for the Craig Spectre. era. Mm. Yeah. When particularly when you'd built up Quantum mm. and you had Mr. White. Yeah. Give us a new Give it's us a new, a new one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's... The, this is Yeah, this it is, is coming out service. of me kind of going... It, there's rumours that they're going to be doing Doctor No again. Yes. And I think you said in a message to me the other day, Jake, you were like, you know, I'm coming around to the idea of, of it being Doctor No in a reboot. Mm. Um, because you said, well, they've redone Blofeld, so why not do Doctor No? And in my head I'm going, oh, no, but Blofeld's different. Blofeld's kind of like the one that you would bring back and then the more I've thought about it's it over really. this last week I'm like no, what no no mm. Blofeld's I don't think he's Blofeld no is in my than... top 5 yeah, and I'm, yeah. I, he's probably in my top 10 mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah I don't think I give much of a hoot about Blofeld mm. okay. wow. I don't think he's the cat's pyjamas yeah oh. Look, I think I've arrived at that as well. Yeah. Jake? I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> All right. All okay. right. Not All quite right. There yet. Have we got any more Blofeld films left? Well, yes. I mean, we have to watch Spectre. Yep. Yeah. Um, and he appears in From Russia and Thunderball. What, what movie is he dropped into a chimney? For your eyes only. Uh-huh. Dropped so into a chimney? In their pre-title It's technically sequence. not Blofeld. It's oh. Bald Man in a Wheelchair. Donald Pleasant. I think that's how it's... Um, what? I think credited. that's how he's credited, is bald man in a wheelchair. Um, and it was a big F you to Kevin McClory oh. by Cubby Broccoli, um, because he's killed off in the pre-title sequence. Yeah. Um, and it was Cubby's way of going, we don't need, we don't need, we don't need that. Yeah. yeah. Which then spurred McClory on to be like, well, I'll make my own bum film. Is Blofeld in that? Yes, Blofeld uh, is in that. But he's not the main villain. McClory, so you're a there? fool! Because it's a remake. It's a remake of Thunderball. Yeah. So the villain is essentially Emilio Lago. What? What's going on? <laughs> How close is it a remake? You're pretty damn close. Really? Because oh. that was the only story he had the rights to. Because he wrote, um, in the That's 50s, right. he wrote it with... Fleming and then Fleming because they were going to make that as a film and then Fleming it fell through so Fleming just turned it into a novel and then he sold off the rights to um, Broccoli and Saltzman mm. for the film apart from Casino Royale obviously <laughs> um, uh, yeah Stromberg to get back to, to, to The Spy Who Loved Me Stromberg is brilliant I think he's fantastic in this I think before watching it tonight, I don't think I would have said that Stromberg was one of my all-time villains. Mm. So surprised. Never heard of him, never heard the name, no. never seen the imagery or anything like that. And yet this guy, top of my list, cold, 
Sophisticated. And I can't stop thinking about his webbed hands that I didn't even get to see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you not see them? Did you not? I only saw webs in between his thumb and and his, yeah, between his thumb and his um, his pointer finger. Yeah. But he was only kind of like a, he never had it like It's very subtle. Yeah. Yeah, It's very subtle and it never really gets drawn attention to, Mm. which is something I really like because I had not noticed that he had webbed hands until I was an, an adult. Right. When I was a kid watching these films i mm. never picked up on that mm. not once not once did i pick up on that um I'll tell you what i did pick up on what's that and he gets picked up at the end of this film oh yeah a jersey boy oh ho, ho, ho. jersey boy old <clears throat> richard keel <laughs> old richard keel <laughs> yes <laughs> i believe that's mr gilmore i believe that's mr gilmore <laughs> Which was the first thing I ever saw him in. Yeah, I knew too. him as the Happy Gilmore guy. Yeah. Yeah. It must have been one of my parents or grandparents. Is like, oh, that's the, that's Jaws. <laughs> Who's that? What's Jaws? <laughs> and I think they even make a bit of a reference to him having played Jaws in Happy Gilmore. Really? Well, they Maybe do give him kind of, of you know superhuman strength. I think doesn't he? That's right. He bends Grrr. the putter and all that. Yeah, yeah. Chasing after yeah, shooter, yeah. and he's like, yeah, bends the the golf club. Oh. <laughs> what did you think of him? Because I want to go with you, Darby, because he is probably, if not the most, he's the second most iconic of the henchmen. I can see why. You can. Yeah. So he's, he's not an odd job. No, he's not an odd oh, job. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah, he's pretty cool. I like that he doesn't say a word. Yeah, um, brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, he's so menacing. The only the only thing I didn't like was the slow vampire bites. Oh, yeah. Um, thought it was a bit weird, a little bit overperformed, a little bit too slow. Yes. His big lean in, and then, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I, because he's so big, mm. I think he had quite a bit of a problem moving fast, like, right. because he was so bloody big like, um, that he was a bit of a slow mover but also the um, the metal teeth that they, they don't look comfortable that they put in he couldn't wear them uh, as soon except for when they said action and cut wow he had to take them out instantly they were apparently so painful painful right um, because they were real metal Mm. And he said that it was it was digging into his gums. Oh, it was shit. it was causing his jaw to get a lot of tension because yeah. he was trying to keep his jaw from like yeah create so falling. much space in the mouth. It's like you can't okay. even close your lips properly. It's like breathing would be hard, swallowing would be hard. Yeah. You'd be dribbling. It's like it's really not. Mm. So I think those bites that's him like opening his mouth and trying not to have the teeth fall out and not mm. cause himself pain. But I know what you mean because I watch it and I'm like. Yeah, yeah, that would be better if it was just a little more viper-like. A little direct, more direct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I want to see a wolf. Yeah, but apart from that, he's fantastic. He's pretty cool. Yeah, I really liked him. Fucking terrifying. Mm. I liked I liked his kind of strange sense of humour. Yeah, mm. so did I. <laughs> yeah, when he drops the, um, the big... Uh, the big Fig on his foot. Brick on his foot. And when he falls out of the train, gets thrown out of the train, and then gets up and dusts himself, himself off. Does up the tire. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a bit Bond. Yeah, yeah, isn't, isn't it? it? Like, yeah. I've got self-respect. He looks for himself. Yeah. And that, he also likes knowing that they're in the back of the van because he can hear them over the speaker, but he doesn't yeah, do anything yeah. about it. He just enjoys it, you know. And he's enjoying them to talk about him as yeah. like, oh, yes, he's a he's a contract killer and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Oh, he's one of the most dangerous men in the world. And he's like, mm. Yeah, he gets uh, very much. Know they're thinking of me. 
where does he stack for you? I don't mind him. I don't mind him. I think you're um, not in love, though. That doesn't sound like you're in love. Well, I, tell us, tell us. Jake, I mean, it's incredibly iconic. And don't look at me like that, Darby. <laughs> um, and yeah, terrifying. I think. So what's not to like? Well, I think it's his awkwardness. Mm. Excuse me. His awkward physicality from time to time. How dare you? Oh, here we go. Do you know the man's an amputee? <laughs> what? How dare you? He's a veteran. <laughs> he served in World War Three. Count him. <laughs> no, he's a little. He's a little awkward. But I mean, I think it comes to the territory. Yeah, you're being right, seven Darby. foot tall. See, he is a bit awkward. Yeah, yeah I thought Darby. he was. When, when you say it, uh, yeah, actually, it, yeah, it makes yeah. a bit more sense mm. that he, he is awkward. He's quite. Awkward. I think yeah. you get a. For me, I got the sense of his. What do you? Um, what do you? What? What? Excuse me. <laughs> what? How dare you? What's going on? Trying to add to this conversation. Well, at the moment you're subtracting. From oh, oh, <laughs> oh my goodness! No, no. Can what were you going to say? say? The gonna train say? scene. Is oh, I was going to mention I the feel... train scene. Oh is... yes, Darby, you're right. That train scene, <laughs> particularly when, good time, this is when he pops out of the wardrobe. Yes. When she opens the wardrobe, oh, he doesn't really pop out. He's well, just in it. it. Yeah, but the reveal. That's yeah, terrifying. Yeah, it's ter- no, it's Shh, like, shut up. What? No, Jake, Jake, please. Sorry, please, mate, please. sorry. We're just having a bit of a rib. It's a couple of rib tickles. Well, it's always at my expense, though, is it? <laughs> it's what the fans yes. want. Oh. We get letters constantly saying we go too easy on you. Well, I don't see these letters. You keep yeah, talking about them. they break your heart. They break your little well, heart. They break your poor little dirty devil heart. <laughs> <laughs> I think despite at times being a tad awkward... The, the sequence in the train mm. is probably his most terrifying for me. You know what I think his best moment is? What's that? When he's ripping the car apart. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Ripping, oh, yeah. yeah. Like a sardine can. Yeah. Peeling the roof off, Takes ripping the, the side of it <laughs> off, yeah. lifting it up to the back of the I've never seen anything like that before. Mm. Never seen anything like it, that before. It's a bit um, like Arnie before Arnie. It is. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. He would have made an interesting uh, henchman, wouldn't he? Mm. Before he got big. Yeah. Mm. Well, he was always. Quite always well, big. he was always. Yeah, he was always working out. But. A <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Is Jaws a cyborg? No, because they're no! metal teeth. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Well, actually. Well, hang on. Hang <laughs> on. <laughs> Here we go. No, but what's your. Well, what's, well, hang they on. would have needed software to design. What? No, teeth. but it's not. You keep thinking digital. It's not digital. It's no, mechanical. he's not softwareical. But that's why. What's? It, why are you saying he's maybe, not? Maybe he is because it's. But you said he's not. Yeah, so well, I'm justify just, it. It's part of the conversation. It's evolving. Maybe I think he is a cyborg now because he does. Well, I need you to have a firm position because I need to be op- like opposite, opposite to it. <laughs> <laughs> and I need to know before we move on. Um, I'm, he is. He is a cyborg. You think? You think George is a cyborg? Is a cyborg? It's no. not. No, it's not mechanical. No, it's not mechanical. It's not softwareical. It's nah. not a word. It is a word. I'm saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it, and you know exactly what I mean by it. Oh, no, <laughs> I don't. That's the definition of a word. That's a definition of language. Look it up in your Oxford dictionary, oh. smarty pants. 
That's my argument. I'm going off a definition <laughs> from the Oxford Dictionary. <laughs> so we come full circle. Yeah, we come so full why circle. don't you agree with this? Yes. Because you're not speaking English. <laughs> Okay. Where uh, does he sit for you, mate? We haven't touched on Jaws. Jaws yeah. for oh, you. Top tier, baby. Top tier? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, top yeah. tier. Top tier. Although, the tricky thing with Jaws for me is that he's in two films. Mm. Yeah. And What's the go with that? Actually, he shouldn't be. Mm. Should have stayed in this one. Look, some people love him in Moonraker. I think it's a completely different character. Right. Uh, and... Jaws is actually probably the only thing in Moonraker where I think we start seeing a bit of that octopusy jokiness. And that kind of sense of humour that works when he drops a brick on his toe doesn't work as much with what they do with him in Moonraker. Bit overdone, bit self-aware. Way too self-aware. It's fan service. It really is. Because apparently he was super popular with kids. And so they brought him back. In, in the next film. I mean, you can make figurines out of it. It's merch. Yes, I mean, yes. It's iconic stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is the time where merch was really starting to ramp up. Were they figurines back then? Yes, day? they were. were yeah. they? And they oh, were amazing. Yeah, some. Yeah. There's some awesome ones. Uh, I'll show you. I'll show you once we're not doing the podcast. But there are some amazing figurines of, like, Sean Connery and the Golden the Goldfinger days. There's some really cool Jaws things. Mm. They used to sell the, the, the like, teeth. replica plastic versions of the metal teeth no and stuff way. like that. Right. There's, like, the, the masks of Jaws' face. Like, you know, those plastic masks yeah, that you just like with the elastic, elastic on the yeah, side yeah, yeah. really cheap and nasty but <laughs> they were super super popular that's cool the golden gun was another yeah, big one um, yeah. uh, nuclear warheads they yeah nuclear yeah, warheads they, they were all the selling them off yeah. the no particularly because they had actual um, plutonium in them mm. but it has a long half life so they never go off mm. you don't have to refrigerate it's them. true yeah mm. That is Brandon's eyeball. It's a squeaky eye. <laughs> it's just rubbing my eye because it was itchy. That's how you get corona. Ah! Uh, damn it. You'll be quarantined. Oh, uh, right? well. <laughs> oh. Oh. Um, well, we get a lot of bond done. Yeah, we our our <laughs> secondary henchman, I would say, is actually a hench lady. Yes, It is, is the... Uh, what is her name? The stunningly beautiful Adela Dezine. Uh, Naomi that's Naomi the chopper pilot yeah Mm. killer good lord (laughs) she doesn't do much no she does enough she drives the boat well she doesn't even drive the boat doesn't she's got henchmen in pink sort of outfits that do Mm. that for her she steps off she's a stunning great tour guide She's kind of a maitre d', mm, really, yeah. of like, wait here and maitre d' slash chopper pilot. Yeah, slash assassin. assassin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, she wasn't really much to write home about, to be honest. I I really love her purely for the moment when the helicopter pulls up alongside the Lotus Esprit. She kind of gives him the little yeah, wink. wink. And then Roger Moore's like... His little double take nod that he oh, does to her, I'm like, ah, perfect, 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 perfect. Yeah, and that solidifies her for me. Yeah, she doesn't really do too much. It could have been a nameless henchman, mm. but I think it was actually kind of cool that it was this like 
femme fatale. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Yeah. The amount of people that work for Stromberg, I mean... He's got a big payroll. Big payroll. <laughs> big payroll. Massive. The other henchman that we have in this really... The guy. There's the, the bald fella. Yeah, he's pretty shit. Yeah. He doesn't really do much, does he? Poor choreography. Yeah. Which I wonder how much of that is... I do like the tie grab. The oh, tie I grab that. off Where's the... Feckish? Yeah. Come Pyramids. That's another great Bond moment for more. Mm. Yeah. That is a cold blood kill. Yeah, he's pretty cold in this. He is. He is. He's got a couple of moments there. I love it. Mm. I love it. It's what I want Bond to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's not much to write home about. In fact, I can I remember his name? Chandler? You're thinking of uh, Friends. Friends. Oh, I'm thinking of uh, Mr. Bing, mm. creator of the search engine. Mm-hmm. Um, what? <laughs> bing. Bing. Yeah. Do you ever bing thing? You never yeah. binged? Yeah. What's that got to do with Chandler? Just Chan- his last his name. His last name is Bing. From oh Friends. God. From Friends. Look, Chandler Friends bing. was a long running sitcom. It started <laughs> in know. 1994 to 2004. I know. <laughs> it's one of the most 03. popular sitcoms. Was it 03? Oh, I think it was nine seasons. Oh, oh, check. Nine so. seasons and a um, movie. No movie. Oh, there was no movie. No. Do you want a reboot that? Yeah, they are. Mm. Are they actually? Reunion. Yeah. Million bucks an episode, baby. A reunion. Mm. Oh, yeah. Here they come. Are they all come back? Yeah, yeah. they're all oh, coming back. Oh, that's great news. Yeah. Is it? No. Oh, I'd love to I'm see I'm not it. a big fan of Friends. They're all going to look old. They can't live in the same apartment anymore, can they? Imagine if they 60. still are. Oh. That'd be hilarious. That <laughs> would be so funny. <laughs> Probably prices in New York are so expensive, we all still had to, we just stayed here. <laughs> yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think the guy's name is Chandler. Okay. I don't know. He looks like a he looks like a wrestler. He, he does. Like, he looks like a wrestler. He's a real yeah. nuggety guy. He did. He looked a bit like a thumb. Nuggety. A thumb. Yeah. A thumb. <laughs> like a like thumb a... wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Well, time to talk about your Amazovel. <laughs> we have we've touched on her a bit. Have it well. Whoa. Easy. Whoa. I didn't. Easy. Ringo. I think Apple she's still now. married to Ringo Starr. Sorry. Mm. Sorry, Ringo. Sorry, Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to the to you, Barbara, as well. Yeah. In summary, great character. Poor actor. Yes. Mm. Mm. But great character. But poor actor. Adequate actor. Adequate. I think Is she, she does doing enough. Any acting. To Lisa. Not- Talisa yeah. Soto. Poor actor. Talisa. Although, I think Talisa Soto. Soda. Soda Boig. Yeah. Talisa Soda. I think she's good in that first hour. Yeah. Uh, Barbara Barkis. She's. I think she's good when. Oh, she, look, she's fine. No, she's. Uh, Damn it, she's not standout. <laughs> she's not standout, but I wouldn't say she's a poor actor. No, she's not appalling. No, I said I wouldn't say she's a poor actor. And I said yeah. she's not appalling. <laughs> yes, okay. Um, yeah, she's not a standout, but she's not. She's not the worst for me. No, I she's would, not the worst Bond. I'd give her Bond a woman actor. Give her a five out of ten. Yeah, for she's acting. stirred. Middle of the road. Yeah. Mm. yeah. She's not shaken? She does enough. She's not shaken. The character but the character. Shaken ten. They're yep, one of the same. Ten. They're one of the mm. same. Absolutely not. not. You've got to give them the same rating. No. 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 Comes under major. No, it doesn't. It 
<sighs> no, it doesn't. We are. One thing I love about this, though, is that we don't feel the need for a secondary Bond girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very true. Yep, I love it. Yeah, that's great. Points for that. Yes, mm. we don't need the we don't need the sacrificial lamb. You know, there is villainous. a couple of like women he beds. Or he makes out with... And makes out with that woman. He kisses the woman who gets shot by the thumb wrestler. Why did he have to kiss her? What was that about? She was trying to seduce him, to Uh, distract him. Come on, Rog. Yeah. Keep your wits about you. Keep your wits. (laughs) Don't get distracted. Yeah. He's very easily distracted. Mm. Naomi... It threatens to be our secondary Bond girl. She right? does, yeah, which so is glad. why, which is why I like that she dies in that. You know, yeah. she's actually a henchman. Yes, mm. and I like that they treat More her that Zenia. way. Yeah, 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 mm. a little bit like a pre-Zenia, Yeah, mm. uh, there are no other kind of villains or anything, are there? No. Mm. We've got a lot of MI6 regulars though, slash allies. This yeah. is the first time we see Walter Gattel. As Gogol, General mm-hmm. Gogol. Yeah. Uh, Excellent. He was fabulous. He is. Ooh. Really grounded, just authority. Mm. You know, loved it. Understated performance. Natural. He grew that character too over a few films. Yeah, because he? he's mm. very different in um, in Octopussy. Yeah. But he's still... It's still the same character. It's still the same character <clears throat> and it's still... Oh, man, I love... I. It was watching this in The Spy Who Loved Me where I was like, oh, yeah. Like... Him being the one that stops Orlov, who stands over Orlov's body uh, yeah. after he gets shot, and he's like, common thief. Yeah. Like, that moment for me is like, yeah, that is so earned for that to be Gurgle. Yeah. Mm. Particularly because we're introduced to him being like so loyal yeah, to is. the Soviet Union. Mm. And he's seemingly wanting to repair the Anglo-Soviet relationship. Yeah, I got that vibe from him through this, for yeah. sure. Well, he was being told to, but he was... Well, I, there's a big... Yeah, and that kind of mutual respect yeah, that he yeah. has with, um, with, with M, mm. who we learn his first name Miles. is Miles. Mm. And his full name is Miles Messavy. Oh. Admiral Miles Messavy. Oh. Yes. That's why, why that line in Casino Royale is, is so... Um, apt because it's like I thought M was a randomly assigned letter I had no idea it stood for utter one more syllable and I'll have you killed mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that M his name is Miles Messavy so her and name's Miles her, her name is it's Miles Messavy <laughs> <laughs> uh, no no her, her name oh, damn it I knew this come on well they've never said the it. Brosnan era well they it's it's written on her personal effects in mm. Skyfall so apparently but apparently the character she plays in the Brosnan era is a different character to the Daniel Craig one because it is a reboot. Oh, it is a reboot. Um, so that she's got two names. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things with the continuity of this franchise where you're like, yeah, it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though these last five films, well, five once No Time to Die comes out, have if. all have all if it comes out, <laughs> um, have all been like kind of striving to get that continuity and like, oh, it's all one big story told over many films. It's like. Yeah, but <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, it's still a Bond film. And why who, not just cast a new M in Casino? If you do well, a reboot, I thank God they didn't though, because I bloody love her. Yeah, She's got so, a good arc too in the yeah, Craig films. Yeah, beautiful arc. Mm. What do we think of our MI6 regulars? 
in this. We also get introduced to our future M. Yeah. In this, mm-hmm. Admiral um, Hargreaves, yeah. played by Robert Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Look, not a massive presence in the film. The MI6 no. regulars. No, um, Money Penny barely gets very much. Yeah. In her little. Um, Q doesn't really even get much. He gets does a he? little bit. He probably gets the most. Yeah, because yeah, he's there doing the slideshow presentation <coughs> when they discover that's that right. it's the, the fish logo. Yeah. And he hands over the... Um, Probably Q and Gogol are the two big the ones. Two yeah. Big ones. Yeah. yeah, very true. Mm. Yeah, Billy Penny doesn't really get to do much No, she's just kind of sitting around. They do kind of do that in the, in the Moore era with um, Lois Maxwell. She's kind of written out a little bit. Right. Yeah. I was thinking about it more and more, how much I hate... That scene, actually, a little bit in um, Octopussy. Yeah. With the introduction of Penelope Smallbone. Yes. And a set, which is a dumb name. But that there, that feels like they're going. Don't worry, she won't be around for much longer. Here's the new one. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to keep old man Roger. Mm. Yeah. It's a bit we'll like... we a hot young thing to... It's like, this woman has been... I mean, they didn't get rid of her until after A View to a Kill. But it's just been sitting with me quite... Wrongly, this past week since we last watched Octopussy. Mm. Yeah, she's underutilized in this. Yeah, mm. we miss because there's been fil- there's been some films where we see her and a great scene between oh. Money Penny and Bond, and we go yes. I guess it's all mostly with Sean, isn't it? Yeah, I think mm. they're the they're the yeah you're right standout ones for and me. And George, George had a really nice scene with oh, her. Oh yeah. And Brosnan has great chemistry with Samantha Bond. Yeah. I think. Oh, man, yeah. Well, technically, Darby. We're there already. We're there already. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, old Lewis Gilbert. Bloody steady hand, as I said. Um, You better believe it. I guess the music was a big part of this film. Um, Mm. More so than... I feel... I think the reason it's... I'm I'm such a lover of... uh, the way that, that music and action intertwines, mm-hmm. you know, when things are timed to the beat and, and rhythmic and and the, the director's thinking about the way the score evolves, you know, or, or at least planning for it while shooting and then aware of it in the edit. That great moment where Bond... Exactly, exactly what I'm thinking of. Like, there's a lot of really moments... What? Well, I'll get to it. There's, oh. <laughs> there's a lot of moments where, like, there's quite orchestral music. Uh, you remember oh, when, yes. in the sh- when the the ladies first fed to the shark? Yes, uh, and the orchestral music swells in, mm. really nicely done. It's like a dance, even though this woman's being ravished by a shark. Yeah, you know, ravaged, not mm. ravished. Vocation, <laughs> ravished. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, my favourite moment, and I think the the kind of the moment that points most to Gilbert's sensibility. I mean, it might have been a decision in the score alone, but I just feel like, nah, that's a that's a filmmaker's choice. Right. Is when the uh, the James Bond theme is playing as he's carrying the, the bomb oh, over towards yes. the, the the shutter doors in the uh, Lipimus. Lip- Liparis. Yeah. Liparis. And then he pulls the pin out. Um, and it cuts abruptly. And it cuts abruptly out of, out of the song. Yeah. I've never seen that in a James Bond film before. That was fantastic. That was my big technical takeaway, I think. Yeah, and just I mean, one thing that I was marveling at as well is how, um, in the kind of chaos of that explosive scene with all the grenades, and I was always sure of where I was looking, which That's is true. not an easy thing to do. He's two for two 
Yeah. Gilbert. Yep. Now, that's another question I, I have for you. Mm-hmm. Um, we're 12, fil- 12 films in mm-hmm. again. Who do you think is the best director so far? We're more than halfway through, and I think we've seen, yes, we have, we've seen every one of the directors um, apart from Roger Spottiswood and Michael Apted. Okay. Who did um, Tomorrow Never Dies and The World Is Not Enough. Of the <coughs> guys that we've seen so far, who's, who's your standout? Who did The Living Daylights? John Glenn. Yeah, see, there's something about John Glenn, especially when you look at his prowess as an editor. Yes, which, yeah, he was the editor on this. He was the editor on this, and this is, again, very good editing. My sentimental choice would be Gilbert. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, he's your sentimental choice, I think so, yeah, I think so. I think I really like his his energy. But Um, Guy Hamilton would have been your... I like Guy Hamilton's playfulness, but didn't he do Octopussy? No, that was John Glenn. Oh, that was John Glenn. What did Guy Hamilton do? That Diamonds was... are forever. Diamonds are Gold forever. Goldfinger, live and let die, and we haven't seen the man with the golden gun yet. Well, that's a tough one. That's a very tough one. And I must say, we've also got two Terence Youngs that we still haven't seen yet either. Mm. Oh, gee. Yeah, we've seen mm. Doctor No. Maybe too early to tell. Yeah, I wonder if Terence might be your favourite. Yeah. Actually, they've all been bloody solid though. They've got a they've got a shared DNA. Yeah, they they've really got a shared do. DNA. I mean, yeah. Is there a front runner for you? Do you think? Because <sighs> I was going to say Glenn is your front runner based on Living Daylights, but yes. is he still your front runner when you take in Octopussy and License to Kill? No. Yeah. Um, although he does good work in both of those films. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah. He's dealt a bit of a raw hand with Octopussy. Yeah, and I mean, License to I Kill. I mean, the opening sequence bit. of Octopussy, I would watch that, oh, yeah. the clown chase, over and over again on repeat and Absolutely. never get sick of it. Absolutely. I've got to go with, I think I've got to go with John Glenn, John Glenn, despite okay. Octopussy. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he's directed my favourite and he's got a good touch and he's a great editor, which mm. the others aren't. Yeah, apart from Peter Hunt. Okay. Who <laughs> was uh, on A Majesty's. Okay. And he edited the first five. There you go. But Glenn is his protege. Right. Interesting. And I think they share the most DNA of, uh, of any of the, the directors, well, quite possibly. Mm. Um, our day player of the week. Yes. We, it, was, it was unanimous. Oh, it was. As soon as we saw him. <laughs> Take us through it, Jake. Yeah, Jake boy. <laughs> There's a wonderful scene uh, where... Is it the first time we meet the... The um, captain. The captain yes. of the USS Wayne, yes, I believe. Yes, played by Shane Rimmer. Okay, there Who you passed go. away uh, quite recently, oh, sometime no. last year. So we first meet him and he realises that the Major is is actually a, a missus. Uh, yes. She's a lady. A lady. Not a man. And he suggests perhaps you should have a shower in my quarters. Yes. Um, Which got a bit of a... Weird reaction. It's a bit sus. It did. There seemed to be a bit of a funny look. But you had a good. It was a good. Um, well, I think the thing is, is that he's like, it would be better for you to shower here. The privacy of my cabin. Yeah, it's the a privacy place. of the captain's cabin, rather than going out, out there with them. all the boys. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So she does. She obliges him yes. and um, has a sh- has a shower in his cabin, and uh, in dawdles in. 
uh, very uh, unassuming young <laughs> lieutenant of some sort, yeah. young seaman. Um, I don't know if we. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what, what's he doing? Is he trying to get well, orders re- or something? He's, he's yes, reporting. He's, he's coming in saying, uh, "Yeah, he's just giving the daily report or something." Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I can't remember what he came in no, to do, but well, I guarantee you, he does it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? Because through the, uh, I mean, he manages to leave the curtain open or the door slightly ajar into the bathroom yes, very yes. conveniently. And um, when you see the you areolas of Anya <laughs> 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 um, yes, in um, as nature intended it, uh, <laughs> under the shower, and he catches a glimpse, and the reaction on his face, <laughs> the first time when he catches it, is fabulous. Yeah. What makes but him the winning player. moment? Yeah, yeah day player of the day week player moment. of the week moment is when he finally backs away <laughs> and closes the door. <laughs> that's a sliding door, but he kind of keeps his head matched <laughs> at, at the same the ga- pace as the door. And the look in his eyes as he sideways glances back, <laughs> trying to savor every last second of gazing in, catching this woman in the shower. Is absolutely it's priceless. Hard. It's very funny. Honorable mention to the Italian man that the yes. Mamma Mia guy has his yes. house destroyed. Mamma Mia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he was uh, he was the the front runner there before we met uh, <laughs> yeah. the young navy officer. Yeah. Uh, There's right. also another day player in this film who appears in the next two films as a day player as the same. Recurring character. No, no way. I'm, I know who it's going to be. You think you know who it's going to be? Yeah. Who, who is it? I think it's going to be the guy that's on the beach sipping the soda bottle. The wine, yes. Oh, it's a wine. Oh, he, oh, he, he sees, sort of looks at the, drink. He sees the car come out and then he's like looking at the drink. What is it the same drinking? gag every it's time? It's the same gag every time. <laughs> this guy manages to be holidaying in the exact same place that James Bond is. <laughs> All that's a good touch. the time. That's a good yeah, touch. Um, so he comes back. Style. Oh, look! I'm going to give an honourable mention. Yep. No, it's not an honourable mention. Ooh. It is my favourite. Oh, and it's Commander Bond. Yeah. yeah, at the end. No. Yeah, at the end. Yeah, I don't know if at the end. I think I. Pr- Christ, oh, you got me again. Because mm. uh, <laughs> at the end, he's at the end, to put like he's, a button. Up. It's a bit like tactical commander. Tactical commander. That was my favourite. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think I'm a big fan of the. Uh, full regalia yeah. yeah particularly the, when he's walking the along the air the top well, deck there I that's shot of the week sub is mm. I think mm. there might be two jackets that he wears because we see quite a lot of Commander Bond in this we do and I think the very first time we see him when he gets out of the chopper onto the ship I have a feeling that the jacket might be double breasted but then the jacket later on is not is not ah oh. I might be wrong, but I thought the very first time we saw him, I thought. Well, I remembered. I remembered the, the one when he hat. was walking along with Freddie Gray, and mm. the submarine is coming along behind, behind him. him. Fabulous Just, outfit! Ooh, uh, mamma mia! <laughs> What's your outfit of the day? Uh, look, I think this is one of the most stylish Bond it really films we've ever seen. Not just from Bond himself. No, the major. I think the her major outfits are amazing. Stunning Incredible. dresses and, and, and... I will say her final outfit is a little for the boys. 
a little bit. For yeah, the yeah, true. It's true. a bit adolescent. The fact yeah. that the villain has that outfit yeah, for her is yeah. strange. Yeah. Which, <laughs> when you said that, I went. Well, he did have that assistant. Oh, so maybe killed. it was hers. Oh, yeah. She was about the same size. <laughs> <laughs> True. He, he does have a lot of it could have been, um, women working could have been for Naomi. him. He could, could have, have been, been Naomi. someone to, to sort her out. Yeah, we yeah. can justify that. Mm. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Dr. No had Bond and uh, Ursula Andress's uh, measurements, measurements all done ready up to go. Naru jackets. <laughs> Look, M was dolled up. He had a great suit the last time we see him. Oh, he was yeah, very yeah. Well, he had those, those that great, um, the great kind of tan pants and the grey jacket as yeah, well. That was yeah, a very, yeah. very smart Q's outfit on very him. lovely, uh, sort of Q's, black and white, sort of grey yeah. speckled suit Ooh. that he wears. Yeah, like a grey nice. tweed suit. Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. It was yeah. Gorgeous. Tweed, tweed yeah. about it. Mm. Look, I think my favourite Bond suit. I will give an honourable mention to Commander Bond. I think any time we see Commander Bond is absolutely fantastic um i look i think the most fashionable the most striking and stunning imagery in the film was uh bond and the major going through the pillars Oh, yeah. In the and desert, him in the tuxedo. In the, and him in the tuxedo and her in that beautiful navy dinner dress. Uh, that is extraordinary. Yes. That's her best outfit. Yeah. yeah. That, that made me think amazing. of Vesper's dress, mm. actually. Really? Mm. Because yeah. I got glimpses of what we've seen from No Time to Die. Yes, with Anna de Armas. Yes. Which, again, reminds me a bit of Vesper. Yeah. There's a bit of Vesperage going on for me there. Um, do you... Do you, are you see the Get tuxedo? The tuxedo for me is great until we get to his ankles, What's and we got the big bell-bottom trousers. It's a bit yeah, flared. The, yeah, I am because I've actually mm. seen trying to ignore it. Seeing that, yeah. I've definitely seen a stills image from this film, and the image they use, you can really tell that they're flared. Yeah, mm. and there was only you one. You tell in the gun barrel too. Yeah, really. I yes. didn't notice it. I think there was one moment when they were running away from the van when they first arrive at that location where I was like, oh, there's a bit of extra fabric floating around his ankles there that I'm not a fan of. Yeah. Why was that ever a thing? I don't know. It's not like they were wearing boots, were they? I know heels were quite... Platform shoes were big you know, around there, I guess. So maybe maybe shoes were quite boot-ish with a bigger heel. Yeah, suited but, and booted. But you don't need boot-cut pants. You're not a cowboy. Come on. <laughs> You're James Bond. Square those pants up. Yeah. What is the worst outfit in this? Ski suit! <laughs> yeah, you might be right. <laughs> I desperately wanted to defend that, and I don't know why. <laughs> it's, iconic. No, it, you, it's iconic. I think it's because it's attached to that um, that set piece that yeah, I yeah. am so fond of it. Yeah. But I would never wear it. It's no. mustard yellow. No, come on. I mean, Yuck. look, if you're being, I don't know, and this is a question for all of our, um, I don't know, defence listeners, but if you're on a mission in a snow environment... You wear white. You're probably going to be wearing white, right? Mm-hmm. But white doesn't look good to the camera because we can't see you. Yes. So we have well, to Well, I wonder yellow. how much of that yellow suit is so that they didn't lose him on the ski jump. True. Yeah, totally. Because if yeah. he's wearing just about any other colour... Yeah, he disappears. Uh, he in disappears the into the white. Yeah. We're going to have a big red parachute backpack on him, and he's going to be in full yellow. He's going to look like Ronald McDonald. Uh, you won't miss him. 
Yeah. But it does... The, the logic doesn't really add up. Well, the that. Russians aren't dressed too sensibly either in They're their black. Black. Full black with red tinge. Yeah. Mm. Chubby. 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 Uh-huh. <laughs> Do we have any other awards to give out? We've done our day player. We've done our style. Yeah. I think uh, that's it. That seems to be... Yeah. We yeah. covered off the vehicles. Yep. yep, we've done yeah. all. We've done Ticked all. all the boxes. Well, gentlemen, I think it's time to give our ratings, Ooh. Mr. Deck. Oh, look at Batter up. Gee, haven't had time to think. Oh, he's on the spot. <sighs> we asked 100 people, what did you think of The Spy Who Loved Me? <laughs> Ten answers on the board. <laughs> Survey says. Yeah. Look, it's definitely shaken. Yeah, you better believe it. To what degree is it shaken? I think the big question marks are a few little detractors a few little missteps the question is do those missteps derail the film do they derail my enjoyment no they don't mm. and uh had had our what's her name Anya Masova Barbara Buck had Barbara Anya Buck. been a shitty character as well yes. as a shitty actor I'd be given this a lower score than I'm going to give it Oof. but she pulls through mm. yeah. and uh, doesn't yeah. derail the film and in fact, gives the film a lot of heart. Mm. Just her presence, her, her character presence. Everything is spot on. It's a thrill ride from the get-go. It's everything I want in a Bond film. Even though it's not my favourite Bond, I would watch this one time and time again. This one slides comfortably into a shaken 10. <gasps> what? Oh my yeah. god! That's so bloody hot! Yeah. Is that your first 10? I think I gave... No, you gave Live and Let Die a 10. They're both the Rogies. There you go. Wow. You've given Rog and Broz 10. No, no. I think I'm the second column. I gave On Her Majesty's a 10. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) On Her Majesty's was a 10 for me. On Her Majesty's was a 10 for you. On Her Majesty's. Yes, this is a 10. This is a 10 for me. Wow. Mm -hmm. Big numbers rolling. Wow. That's a 10. It's a second 10. It's a hard act to follow. Look, this film for me, <laughs> I tell you what, said the guy who was really not too sure about old Roger Moore yeah. when this whole thing kicked off. Oh, weird watching this after Octopussy because I was really not in the mood mm. yes. to uh, see something like that again. <sighs> yeah. Thank God we didn't. My preconceived notions, thankfully, were... Well, they were on track, but really they were exceeded, to be honest. This is an iconic Bond film. The villain, the stunt at the start, the opening titles, the song, the henchman, the villain, the vehicles, the stunts... The villain. The villain. <laughs> Although subconscious and a, fu- and, and a befuddling of my mind, it does reinforce the fact that I do believe that this is the greatest Bond villain. Mm. Um, controversial, I'll put that out there. But for me, this thing is top-tier Bond, as we've said. <sighs> Stylish. Great story. Oh, yeah, baby. Oof. This thing, for me, slides comfortably into a shaken ten. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. Roger wow. Moore, sir. Oh, you shit. have done it. Okay. Can it be a hat trick? Yeah, will it be a hat trick? Will it be a turkey? Oh, Christ. 
Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, yeah. I enjoyed every bloody second of this. Oh my god, I don't want to. I There's something doesn't want... There's something where I'm like, you can't give it a 10. Well, see, that was my thing, but I just can't justify not giving it a 10. Yeah. I... <laughs> uh, I love Roger in it. Yeah. I think this is the perfect balance for him. Mm. I love the story. The villain's fantastic. I'm a big Jaws fan. Mm. Every single one of the stunts was fantastically done. Oh, boy. (laughs) Survey says... Oh, God. I'm going to have to give this... I'm going to have to give it a shaken nine. You son of a bitch! (laughs) He's a tough one. I can't go ten. I can't go ten. Why? Why? Because I gave the Living Daylights... An eight. I gave it a nine. I, I think The Living Daylights is is my favourite Bond film. I don't know why I didn't give it a ten at the time. I think it's a hindsight thing. It's sort of set in. Mm, mm, I have a few of those. Yeah. But yes. this, out of in terms of immediate enjoyment, immediate reaction. What you're feeling right, right now. now. It, might, it might lessen to an eight or a nine like sure. in, a, in a few days' time, you know? But right now it's a ten yeah. for me. Yeah, I think the second. thing that can't, that I can't give it a ten mm. for is uh, is the fact that you know what the more I think about it, she's not that strong an actor, mm. and had she been a really bloody strong actor, mm. there's nothing to fault in this because yeah. that character is damn near perfect. Mm. And the more we talked about it, I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's strong. She's out of... You know, she's she's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's good. Fine. Yep. It's all right. Uh, <laughs> and I think that's the thing that kind of that pulls me back just a little bit. Um, and, and, and enough to take it down. Just that Full one point. point. Yeah, because, look, I'm going to say it now. When, you've, when you're competing, every Bond uh, girl... Bond woman yep. um, competes in my mind with Vespa Lind. Yep. And but they're such different. They are, but there's just a, a, a level of of acting, the mm. caliber of acting yeah. is 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 different. Mm. And I was I'm trying to think now, going through what we have left of the eight films, if if any of them are a ten for me. You haven't given a 10. I haven't given a 10 yet, no, have I? No. No. This is as close as it got. It was It was in that category of going, it's a 9.5, 9.7. So because but it's because, reaching. Yeah, because it's reaching. Bullshit rules. It has, excuse me. <laughs> um, because it's reaching, I have to say that it, it's, it, it, it hasn't got full grasp. Um, but gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's oh. time to draw the next film out. All the Jeez. But and you know what? We've had such a bloody good time with this. The next one's going to be a stinker. <laughs> I betcha. Maybe. All right, Derby Deck is going. So luck at the draw. How many stinkers have we got left? Ooh, don't no, like the feel of that knows. one. I'm going to go. We didn't like the feel of that. that. that all right, he's got one. It's all paper. Mr. Spears. Same. Oh, which one should I get? That one? Maybe this two there. Any, mini money. Nope. 
And hold that hat up for me, please. I'm reaching into the hat. I'm feeling around the remaining six titles wow. that are in here. Pile's pulled it out. The pile is getting smaller. All right, in the order in which we drew, Mr. Dick. Uh, I've got a pierce. <gasps> I've got an unsatisfied pierce. Oh, oh I think so I know which one it says is. Says Darby Dick. Think about it. The world is not enough. That's right. Yeah. Because he's not, it's not, it's not enough for him. Oh. Oh. Uh, it's a pun. Oh. Yeah, right, oh. right, 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 right. What have you got, Mr. Spear? <laughs> I have a Mr. Moore. Oh. Apparently a very good Mr. Moore. <gasps> oh, Let me guess. dare you say it. From Russia oh. with love. Oh, Jake, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> You're an idiot. That's not a Roger Moore. Oh, I was That's supposed to say... Jo- uh, Sean Connery, not George oh, I was supposed to say it's George Sean Clooney. Connery. It's Sean Connery. Sean Connery, folks. <laughs> oh, God. I, I just saw the greatest oh, Bond hell. film in the world that had Roger Moore in it. <laughs> oh, oh, haven't you done that before cool. with that film? <laughs> Haven't you done that before with that merry cut? I don't think it's been. I think it was. Maybe it was. <laughs> oh, I don't boy. know anymore. Oh, it's Sean Connery, know. folks. <laughs> well, there's a reason that I knew that you drew The World Is Not Enough. Uh oh. Because I drew the only other Brosnan oh, in there. Shit. Tomorrow Never Dies. Hello. Look out. Darby, pick a number. <clears throat> three. Oh, three. Jake? One. One? I'll go four. Uh, six. Five. Two? Mm-hmm. Yep. Three and six. One, five. Two and four. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, rolling the dice. Four! Well, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be joining you next time for 1997's Tomorrow Never Dies. Ooh. See you then. <laughs>